I've I've read a thousand comics this week. I could do a buckshot. And by this week, do you mean last week or what fucking week? We're, we're going to talk about Dude, Batman I have three Jokers number three. I read that like <clears throat> two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, and I've got next week's DC comics in my possession. Like, yeah, I could, I we we could be talking about shit that is. I I could, I could be talking about three weeks worth of comics right now. I don't know how that makes you feel, but it makes me feel kind of lost in like I, I don't know. I just like the days that comics came in helped orient my week, but also just sort of like keeping track of what day it is by what range of comics is available those days is like another way that I map it out and just yeah. like I don't know when anything is and it's making me lose it. I wish well, I had some apple this is, cider I could put whiskey in. This is partly on us, right? Oh, because we're recording this, this late. This sorry, this, yeah, having this three specific weeks thing. worth right now is fucked. Oh because yeah, no. of us. But just with the pandemic world of books showing up when they are and then I don't feel like we've yeah, I've firmly <clears throat> gotten in a routine of when i read dc books relative to the podcast because they don't arrive at a certain time you know yeah it was that whiskey it is i figure it's 200 episode we must all be drinking whiskey it's, i'm i'm still working on this bottle of kentucky bourbon that Django gave me the wyoming whiskey is awesome my birthday one year christmas i don't know Django, roman is drinking whiskey at his house oh what kind of whiskey are you drinking roman that bourbon whiskey that you gave me for some holiday Wyoming whiskey. I don't remember which holiday, but we're just a couple of good boys drinking whiskey that we got from Django. Drinking Scotch whiskeys that we got from Django. Uh, let's see here. that work in at on or around a comic shop get a bunch of comic books read them and then talk about it on a podcast the comic shop that we all reside within is the comics place in bellingham washington i'm jeff i'm Django. i'm roman and it is, you guys all got your cake and everything i'm so glad it was for, like, for 200 we thought it would be really cool to rent out the eagles hall and I'm super looking forward to everyone showing up, all of our listeners. They got, I'm sure they got the invitation and the memos are all out there. So I would imagine just that we've got a couple extra mics set up here at the table. Uh, we're eating the cake, we're hanging out. And I imagine just people will sort of be filtering in to guest. We didn't have an RSVP thing or anything, but. I, I didn't get my cake. Oh, it's just at the table over there. I want a piece of cake. Nice, nice, nice. I didn't even mean to set that up for you. Um, <laughs> it was expensive to rent the Eagles Hall, so I hope that um, someone else shows up. But it is at least very nice to all be in the same room together. Yeah. Django, would you like some of my cake? Uh, yeah, I'll have some of your cake. I'm just glad to finally be an Eagle. Um, that was part of the deal. Scrawl! You, you rent the hall, you got you to gotta join. Scrawl the, scrawl the craw. Yeah, yeah we, had, we had to do the special the special rights and everything, but it's really cool because now we're broadcasting from from within the the squared circle. Except it's actually got that extra extra corner that the local the local uh, franchise Five CC, does. Five CC, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, right there in the ring. And it was convenient because the Eagles ritual means that we had to watch Roman eat a lot of ice cream and melt all of it in that horrible 
hair mess on his chest and now oh my god look at you you're just you've got butter pecan and your blonde chest hee-haws for days it's so sticky and it's wonderful oh, oh god i hate it i hate it um but listen if this is your first episode on the perfectly acceptable podcast go away this isn't it for you this isn't this isn't for you we're not really this gonna edit like- it we're just gonna hang out yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to jump in at this point. You're going to be jumping in like in season three of Miami Vice, where they got new haircuts and more violent, and like just a lot of glory shots of the cars. Yeah, yeah. a lot of glory shots of the cars. Yeah, it's episode two hundred, so we're going to talk less about books, more about questions. Bring some friends in, really just hang out and get nasty with it, and just feel feel really comfortable about how long it's going to be. If it's an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. If it's two and a half hours, it's two and a half hours. And that's mostly for Jeff to not be stressed about. This is just a hangout with everybody. We're at the Eagles Lodge. It's 2020 at the Eagles. The Papcasters are here hanging out. And we're just really excited to see who shows up at the Eagles. It was really foolish to put this much money down to rent the Eagles when the shop has been closed. But worth it, right? Because we do miss our customers. Worth it. Worth it. I, I finally got a piece of cake. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's we've got, cake. The, we've got the smell of five CC all around us. It's it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I hope. I just hope Barry makes it. I know he was uh, having some car trouble earlier. Yeah. Well. And when he um, says car trouble, I imagine that it's like one of those little Barbie, little tiny Barbie vehicles, the battery operated ones that that kids use. There's yeah. One of them has one of those, and then the other just has a trench coat that he wears and tries to walk downtown, and mm. we'll just find I him. See it. Yeah, the intervening box. It's awkward because it's like a small stuffed bear in a trench coat. He looks like he's, yeah, trying to recruit bad things. Bad things. Bear, no, hold your paw out. Um, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about some comics this week. Just a couple comics this week. And then whatever comes up in the large list of things. But first, we're going to be talking about Batman 3 Jokers number 3. <laughs> oh, then we're going to be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin. oh we're gonna talk a little bit about 10 of swords stasis part 11 of 22 (laughs) we're gonna bring our good 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 friend brayden in to talk about one of my favorites of the week giga i thought it was jiga oh it's jiga jiga gigawatts gigawatts 1.21 and then um we're gonna talk a little bit wind when we do that and we're also going to talk about a book before we actually get to giga um, but I don't have it physically here with me, and it's Department of Truth number two, and I can't wait for that. That's a pretty exciting slate of books. It's a very exciting slate of books. It's like if you took last week's books and boiled them down into just the heavy hitters. <laughs> no fat on the bone, as it were. <laughs> um, hey, listen, let's just take a second to say thanks for listening. 200 episodes. Yeah, uh, about that. I. I did some auditing and uh, we did episode 186 twice. So this is episode 199, but it, you know, we can still <laughs> throw a party. I think that there's, I just, I think if we were to go through and look at the list of podcasts, like I don't even think a half of them are available on your iPod catcher. Yeah, thing. You got to get tricky. Maybe Spotify has more. Are we on Spotify? Yeah, we're on Spotify. Okay. Also, you, yeah. And you can find them all on the website. You can go to the website and listen to all of them there. That's pretty great. Less convenient more complete but you know what i think a lot of the uploading work that i do every week for that is more centered around website listening than like your podcast app yeah it's uh it's more about the the google optimization and just like the pictures and everything um 
but uh but 200 episodes and a birthday of the show on the same birthday for me this week i did just want to say huge thank you to all of the wonderful listeners that were super super kind and said kind thing i got messages from a whole bunch of y'all so thank you i had a very good birthday i spent it with roman and Django on a tuesday in the comic shop and that was amazing it was election day though <laughs> um and it made me remember that uh the last election day four years ago there was a podcast happening when that happened and it was the three of us and justin and i want to find that episode but it's more than 100 episodes back and i couldn't get it on this feed thing so i'm gonna have to look into it on the website but justin seems to remember it vividly i don't remember it vividly but i just remember halfway through a podcast four years ago we checked to see the election results and we we're like oh my fucking god trump <laughs> is gonna win this thing yeah i remember going in blind and coming out uh, bummed. bummed yeah i don't i don't think i was <clears throat> on the podcast that night was i i don't remember i don't know i, don't, I would think so i don't remember but i i know i I watched those at uh, with Colette and Jared at, at oh, Jared's mom's place. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember going. Yeah, I remember going driving home from Sudden Valley, being very sad. <laughs> so we still don't know who won this election going into this podcast. So look for a steep emotional shift if Nevada or something tries to you know poke their ugly head up. <laughs> but our reader, our readers, geez, I already blew it. Our listeners, our listener. Listeners, their viewers, no viewers, listener, whatever. Those people out there in the dark, they get to win because they're with us. Wow, you're not wrong. <laughs> Holy shit, Roman, you are good. Okay, listen. Um, let's uh, let's let's cheers to ourselves here before we get into this nasty, nasty <laughs> three jokers thing. All right, we got a couple buddies, a couple glasses of whiskey. <clears throat> cheers. Oh, who had the good one? I think it was both you and I combined. Yeah, you guys. Mm. My my class mm. just had a dull thud. <laughs> oh, Lagavulin. Thanks, Jago. Oh, you little fancy turd. I know. My buddy got me a <laughs> bottle. Okay. Batman Three Jokers, number three. Jeff Johns, Jason Fabic, Brad Anderson. This book came okay. out. We read it about two weeks ago now. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Can I ask a question real quick? Until, yeah. Because until you said it, I'm, I'm This so is about dumb. pronunciation for Jason no, Fabic, no, isn't before, it? No, no. No, no, but now that you mention it no i didn't realize till you said it and i'm I'm just feel really dumb i didn't realize is there only three issues because it's three jokers i don't necessarily know that it would be because that i think dc just knew that they could like that's that that they could either tell it in nine issues or three big oversized issues i bet there were probably some part of them were like let's just do it as a giant one like the killing joke and then they're like no 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 we can get yeah, an extra issue and a half out of it yeah exactly <laughs> Man, People I are gonna, it, oh, I just want to give it a score right now, but we got to talk about it. Okay, we'll Jesus, talk about it. Jesus, man. <laughs> God. It's so 200 <laughs> indeed. We're going to start right off with a gooey duck. Um, <laughs> are you really? Yep. This was a 10 for me. I love this comic. Did you really? Tell me oh, about yeah. it. Did you love yeah, the, yeah. the whole journey as a whole? You love this specific issue, the way that it ended? Tell me about your enthusiasm for it. I also loved it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I loved all three issues, but this one in particularly because it was, you know, it was it was clearly an homage and in a way kind of a sequel to Killing Joke, which I didn't expect them to really uh, commit to that as fully as they did in this. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was just, I thought that was so thrilling. 
thrilling. Yeah, yeah. And I like the way they res- the resolved the whole thing about the Jokers. I, I, I love the ending. It was all very cool. So spoilers, everyone spoilers. We're going to be talking all about right, stuff. Spoilers. Children spoiling up in the room. Spoilers. <laughs> hey! Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, so the you know my big excitement for this going going through was just going to be how what is this mystery of three jokers what are the answers what, what are the implications of that and I guess the big conversation to be had is how do we feel about what they did with that and I guess what did they do there was three jokers we have to assume that there was one original Joker and he cloned to make and made two more. Cloned them or made them somehow. I don't think that it was super clear, was it? Yeah, I guess not necessarily cloning because they were going to be turning Joe Chill into a fourth Joker. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, Joker toxins do it, but they seem to have maybe shared memories or in that unreliable memory thing, like in the way that the Killing Joke showed, like maybe they've told each other stories and they believe things that they've heard mm-hmm. identity seems to be a vague line that is only loosely drawn around the perimeter of their being um but one of them dies as killed by jason then another gets killed by the old man joker right right and then we have this old man joker left and we don't we never really find out anyone's identity we learn in the, in the big twist of the end that Bruce always knew who the Joker was and it is the identity of the person as identified in the killing joke and the Mm -hmm. wife that died in that original one actually didn't die and she had a kid and Bruce has moved her to Alaska or something and she's been living a secret life and I fucking loved that ending yeah I yeah I love that idea what what do you like about it that Bruce has been protecting them or that he's known all along who the Joker is and he realizes that it doesn't matter. Just like I, I think it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, I guess like to be unpacking the issue and I, I mentioned this to you, Django, but like it did, it came out pretty recently. I would like to reread the whole three issue series. Mm-hmm. My feelings about this so far, like right now where we're at are more based around how it ended and I would like to re-examine the journey of how we got there. But right now, like my very fond feelings are mostly centered around like how I feel like it landed and, and, and sort of how the whole thing wrapped up. Right. So that's what I really, really like. Um, and then what I, so then what I like about the, like, you know, that original wife still being alive with having a kid is, is, is that like Batman now holds a pretty large amount of power over the Joker in a certain regard. Okay. You know, he has something up his sleeve. Um, it just made me really excited for the possibility of that story being told. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I, and I don't want some casual person to do it, but I would love like Jeff Johns to be slowly over several years spinning a yarn about Batman that actually seemed to have repercussions or actually move a, a story forward. And I know in comics, that's the great struggle is like trying to get that illusion of change about a character who ultimately has to stay the same but i you know this is the kind of that's the kind of element that i think allows a character to stay the same and also change so i i'm just very excited for that to be revisited Mm -hmm. more than i am impressed that like it says something about batman or something if that makes sense i'm a little worried that they'll revisit it by having the sun become the joker Hmm. you know like there's so much legacy in comics this kid is growing up 
he's like 12 or whatever in this, in the end of this. And, yeah. uh, you know, what if, what if we have to go through a story of him killing cats and graduating to humans? Yeah, that would be not the most original. And I wouldn't love that. That kind of goes back to you saying, hopefully it's Jeff Johns telling this story over a long period. Cause I think he would do better. I think that's interesting though. That's kind of like the fear, right? Anytime in comics, a cool thing comes up, your immediate fear is like, well, who's going to take over that story? Like it's either going to be really good or it's going to be a different writer and it might not be that good. Yeah. You know, like any, anytime a cool thing comes up in comics, you know, because of the long running nature of them. But yeah, I, I really liked that. I, I guess another thing I really liked about it is it's just the kind of thing I like of like, you're going through the story and then near the end you realize a, that everything wasn't quite as it seemed like, Oh, mm -hmm. there was this other secret that's been held for all of this time. And it's believable. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel like, Oh, you just wrote this in. It's like, no, I believe that he would never talk about it at all because those people would never be safe if the Joker knew they existed. Right. Right. How do you think it works with Scott Snyder's Joker who seems to be a little omniscient at times? Oh, I don't think, I don't, I think that like the omniscience of the Joker as it pertains to Scott Snyder's portrayal of him is more the implication that he is pure evil and there's like a, a, a timelessness to pure evil mm -hmm. more so than I believe it to be like omniscience, like he knows all things. Sure. It's, yeah, so I don't feel like he has access to truth that other people shouldn't have, but he does, you know, like his he's able to sort of expand the bounds of what people are normally able to do. I, I feel like. Yeah. Roman, what do you think about the kid thing? Um, same thing. I, I mean, you know, I, that's cool that they still exist up there somewhere unidentified in Alaska. Um, don't don't say where the Joker will find them. <laughs> it's unidentified. They didn't, name, <laughs> they didn't name the town or the area. Um, and you know, Alaska is pretty big. Um, and yeah, as long as they somebody doesn't come in and write like a eight eight issue series called oh oh Joker Junior here he is yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Slappy or whatever the kid's name was yeah, Gaggy you know, I, yeah yeah I'd, I'd be fine if these two are you know not mentioned again for another twenty years or yeah, something me too yeah and just maybe I just like the implication of it if it gets yeah. picked up awesome and if it never does also it's a really cool addition to the mythos. Yeah. I love the fact that, you know, Batman's known, you know, since pretty early who the Joker was and it's, it's just not an important fact to ever bother mentioning to, you know, to his closest partners or Alfred right. or anybody. <laughs> so the, like there are a couple other revelations in here. Barbara calls Jim dad. Yep. She, she, in, in her costume. And then the Joker says, Bruce Wayne, Barbara Gordon, Jason Todd. Mm -hmm. when he's in the back of the truck and he's like yeah but i'm he, not, not going to tell but yeah he's i mean he's known that before i don't know if they've yeah him, but how long has he known that though well he, i mean he, in the scott snyder run he had to have known that right i think he I would know. i like, would assume so because he had them all tied up in the cave and everything and yeah i thought he knew who everything yeah, was maybe so maybe so i mean th there are still revelation and the, all the things that you mentioned and I mean, yeah, I also think that is kind of a revelation because continuity has been 
re softly reset enough times that like, mm-hmm. you know, to say like in this continuity of this storytelling, you know, he does know that it is something. Yeah. When Barbara, you know, called commissioner Gordon dad, I love the way they did that because it's, you don't know if she said it kind of under her breath or not, because it's in a separate little bubble of its own, but it's mm-hmm. in the same font size and everything. So it's, doesn't have any indicators that usually letters use to indicate, Oh, this was under her breath or, you know, and it would make sense. I've always wondered how come Jim hasn't figured out. Cause he's supposed to be a, you know, pretty decent right. detective himself. How come right. he's never figured out that this, this, this bat, woman character that's the same height and build and his daughter and with red hair and a mask that doesn't really hide any of her features how come he's never figured out that it's his daughter you know what it just it also just it's got a bunch of threads that i would love to see picked up on you know like i would love if jeff johns wrote batman for a while that was would yeah. be like the whole the the jason todd barbara gordon love interest thing i don't like that as a relationship but I believe that the damaged Jason Todd character would develop some sort of deep feeling that he at least thinks he's in love with Barbara because it's the only female that's been around in his life consistently for any amount of time. Mm-hmm. So then to like go through that, I think that's all believable. And then I think that there yeah. is, I think the way she handled it was really good. But then I also love the tragedy of he, like he wrote this letter to her and put it on her door. And I just love the scene of like, we get to read it, but it falls onto the ground and then somebody cleans it up. Okay, how fucking reckless is it, though, for him to put a letter that's not even in an envelope taped to the outside of her door? Yeah. Yeah, that seems pretty careless for... A bat family. For, yeah, somebody trained by Bruce Wayne. And I was wondering, I had to get out the, um, the magnifying glass that, uh, that Dino, Dino had given me and, and check out the... Read the, uh, the back of the, this janitor's jacket because I was like, oh my gosh, is this... Is this the Joker is this? A I Joker? thought it, Who is I this? thought it was him. I thought I I did too. Fun time cleaners. Yeah, it's fun time cleaners, and you know, there's some kind of casual hint maybe there. Yeah, <laughs> purple. Yeah, purple and yeah. green. Yeah, and I re- I really like the way that that was done, and yeah, it was very realistic. Plus, just the element that yeah, this would never go anywhere, but it adds to the sadness that Jason, you don't even realize this, but so now you're trying you were already the second Robin and now you're trying to um, you've professed your love for, you know, that Robin's old girlfriend, (laughs) man, sad. And, you know, he says like, yeah, if you don't ever want to do anything with this, just pretend you never saw it. And so as far as he knows, yeah. And just like that conversation about them talking about it somewhere down the line, like you can hear that conversation of, you know, her finding out about it and feeling bad that she never knew about it. I would love to read that. So that is a cool thing. I, you know, I don't know how well someone would follow up on the threads of this Joker child thing, but I like it. And I could see for several years if Jeff Johns did a five years Batman story, like occasionally Batman going up there to like deliver food money or and you always wondering like, is this going to pay off? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, those implications I like. And then just like Jason Todd, like where's he going? What is he doing? I don't want that to be like the, you know, Dan Jurgens written Red Hood and the Outlaws book or whatever. Like I I want like a good writer to tell that interesting story. So there's a a lot of jumping off points of good storytelling from this thing. Unfortunately none for a solo Joe Chill comic. Yeah. It just made me sad that this is it. like it just made me want way more of something of this caliber. And mm-hmm. things like this of this caliber are not all comic books, unfortunately. 
Well, so what else yeah. has Alan Moore written that Jeff Johns can jump off of? That's a real question. I think that like Jeff Johns is just pretty much phenomenal. Like I haven't yeah. loved that Shazam book, which is the main thing, but Roman really liked parts of that. Like I read it a it, lot yeah, longer than I would have read it otherwise. Yeah. And I'm, think, and I'm still reading it mainly just cause it's the Shazam family. Right. But you know, it's got his moments. So I just think that he, when he writes stuff, it feels like, you know, dark side war. Like when he writes things, it feels really good for the most part. Like there's mm-hmm. a, just a proficiency to all of it that. And impactful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I wish, I wish that we would get more from him and maybe we will with the whole shakeup at DC or him changing his focus on different things. But I really hope we ultimately just get some more Jeff Johns written comics. Yeah. I'll probably get tired of making money someday and go back to comics from right. movies and TV. <laughs> AT&T will be like, what? No, sorry. We don't want you. <laughs> How cool is it that it's the comedian j- Joker that survives any, any kind of, any, both literally metaphorically kills the uh, the um, the criminal Joker, which I took as Jack Nicholson, and the uh, the other what was the other Joker? The first one, um, the clown, mm-hmm. the clown, the goofy Joker. I I did I like took that. Caesar, Caesar Romero in a way. <laughs> I just kind of I did forget that until you mentioned it. But yeah, it's not the old guy that is the final one alive. It is a no. more. And that kind of works to do a little bit of retconning of how the Joker can be a thing that is the age that he is, right? Like if there was an older one and then there were like clones or something, but then that one died. Now we have a younger one. So it allows him to be Django just found something out. No, because the comedian is the one from the killing joke, right? The comedian is the last surviving Joker here. He's also the one that Batman says he knew who he was a week after they met. Right. He was the original Joker in okay. this story. Okay. So like he is he is the oldest old school Joker who has the kid who killed the other Joker. So yeah. he recruited an older man when they when the criminal happened or whatever happened. Maybe. Yeah. But that but that's what I meant by metaphorically is that the the like classic Joker mm-hmm. wins out in the end. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind, kind of the the uh ultimate joker <laughs> i i agree like yeah. the most prime instance of the joker yeah. like we ended up with the purest joker it seems like so what do you guys think of the a the theater full of jokers oh god yeah we mentioned that i in person yeah which is just like this came out two weeks i think after uh jimmy tiv's batman 99 or batman 100 that had a theater full of joker gassed zombies they went back to the same theater the original zorro theater and joker had a whole bunch of people who had been turned into jokers in it which is exactly what happens in this issue and after reading it i was just so bummed that like a clearly inferior writer wrote Mm -hmm. a way shittier scene that had that same emotional beat and put it out two weeks earlier when they all had to have known about this script because it was done years ago like it yeah that was just like the stupidest i thought that was so disrespectful yeah and and just yeah. i don't know just Jeez. like an editor should have been like oh yeah we really probably shouldn't do two of the same climactic scene because it was still awesome in this but you know it did have the stank of the poorly written jimmy tiv joker in a thong drinking martinis by a pool i mean yeah you would also think that an editor would say let's change the name from ghost maker yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> Let's call him Tub Thumper. 
<laughs> Chumbawamba. Wow. That is sucky. I, I'm glad I didn't read that series now because I, yeah. I didn't have it coloring my perception of this at all. Lucky. Um, Django, I talked for a lot of that. You, you're the Batman guy and you're the Alan Moore killing joke guy. So can you I, just have the final word on this whole thing? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I think it was really solid. I don't, I, I want to read it again because I feel like I missed a lot of subtleties. And I think that anybody who's only read the killing joke once would probably catch a lot more rereading it a few mm-hmm. times. Cause there's a lot of subtle things in that as well. Um, I like that Bruce has some sort of um, closure with Joe chill. Yeah. You're like Joe's been writing him letters. Um, I thought that was really cool. And, and he, and Batman's there when, when he finally dies of cancer, I guess, or just old age. Um, and he, he's, like he hangs out at his tombstone, which, you know, his name does start with J.O. It is crazy. Like, that is another thing where, you know, I think within comics, you have to find moments like that where we have now done something that drastically impacts the psyche and character of Batman, while Mm -hmm. also simultaneously not changing anything. Right. We didn't kill Alfred. We didn't find out he has a new son. We didn't move to a new country. But Joe Chill died, and he got to ask for forgiveness from Batman, and Batman got to mm-hmm. forgive the person who, like, that is one of the more monumental things to the person of Bruce Wayne that could ever happen to him in his entire life to have the person that killed his parents, like, for him to forgive him. That almost. In some that could conversation, be the end of Batman. Exactly. In some conversation could be the thing that allows him to stop being Batman. So, you know, that I think that is a great story beat that you just pointed out. Of just it, It's the great balance of allowing growth and change while also keeping the status quo the same. Mm-hmm. I love the horror of um, the Joker showing up in the theater. The comedian Joker shows up in the theater with the camera on and pointing a gun at Barbara, which is you know, exactly what he does in the killing joke when he shows up and shoots her. Um, I, I thought that that was a nice little, a nice little nod to the killing joke. I also and, think it's, sorry. No, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I also think it's, you know, just going back to that thing that you had said last week or the week before, like it is, I think it's the right usage of the bat family. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, a bunch of different books with different portions of the family. It's like, we got a great Batman story that had, you know, Barbara and Jason in it. And it was still a Batman story, but these other characters were in it, but we didn't need to go so far into it that they had to have their own series and everything. And like, Tim's not really in it, but you know, if there was another one of these in a couple of years, it could be have Tim in it. Like it's the right juggling. But the reason it was those two is that they are the two who have been most impacted by the Joker. Of course, but it, yeah, right. it, it just, it left, I like that it was a well-crafted Batman story that I think, I think too often when we're using the Bat family, everyone has to be involved, right? Right. 13 right. people are showing up, but like this is showing that like, nope, sometimes you can just have Batman and two of the sidekicks do a thing. And, it, and yeah, and it's just the right, it's the right balance and, you know, Jeff Johns yeah. knows the characters. I, I thought, I thought he did a really good job. I, I could nitpick little production things to death. Uh, I would like uniform embossing on all the covers, mm-hmm. DC, mm-hmm. uh, and uniform colors on their logos. But 
Um, yeah, I think, I think overall it's a really nice package. I, you know, I'm not somebody who would say we'll never fall for buying all of the variants, but I, I brought home all the variants guys. Good job, DC. Even the second printing covers. I, I brought home a second printing, even though the second printing cover has a very yellow cast to the Joker's face, oh. which I think is super weird. Uh, I like yeah. what a what a classic Joker moment it was too to have like, well, I've got Joe Chill hanging in a chair above a vat of acid by this <laughs> rope. You know, like God, I love when villains like that's the stakes of things. You know, listen, Joker, have you ever heard of Kiss? Keep <laughs> it simple, stupid. <laughs> Well, I thought you meant the band. I did too. Knights in Satan's service. <laughs> yep. Well, what um, they have to do with the Joker. Jay, did you give it a score? Everything. Did you give it a score? Uh, I would I would give I would give this issue an eight and a half. I would give the whole run probably a nine and a half. I'm gonna give the issue a nine and a half, and I'm gonna give the series a ten. And I'm going to do that because I I loved reading it. And I wish that all comics made me this excited to constantly be a part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree, I can nitpick things to, to death. But it, at the same time, it was the thing I was most excited to read when it was coming out. It was the top of my stack every time. So mm-hmm. pumped. Made me excited to read other things. Um, and if there were even eight comics coming out that made me feel like that, like we would be living in a different, you know, like it would be, it would be crazy. And I don't mean that to disparage current comics, but just like the, the heights of my excitement for it combined yeah. with expectations and willingness to be excited about it. Say, say a lot. So All right, gooey Roman duck. already gave it a gooey duck, but I just want to hear it. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I'm looking through it again. I think I'll give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's still a ten. I oh, love it. I love. I love the whole series. Oh, I just got hit Three. in the face on the Eagles Hall with a gooey duck. <laughs> Man, nobody even has shown up yet to watch you give a gooey duck. I, I know. I know. That, that was a gooey duck takedown. Do you think I should? I'll go make sure the door is not locked or something. Just a second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unbolt the unbolt the latch. The janitor might have latched it again mistakenly. I mean, I I feel like. We probably should have advertised this and maybe postponed it. Oh, um, well, yeah. I mean, the, the posters that I put up all over the comic shop maybe weren't super effective. <laughs> so somebody I, I, comes into the store right now. Yeah. What are you eating? Cake, bitch. I want a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> he has cake and Django doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jump. Did you, did you get that over by the old man sleeping in the corner at the Eagles Hall here? Yeah, I know it was awesome. And they were like, we'll give you a $50 a night discount if you don't make us kick this old man sleeping out. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Well, I'm just, I'm excited that uh, just the way that we're organizing this episode um, and doing this live four nights in a row, and we're just going to cut it together and pick the best bits of episode 200, 200A, 200B, and 200C. It's like variant insides. And then, and then we'll make at the end, don't forget everyone after we sign off listen for the montage of roman nose whistles (laughs) that is that's that's really why everyone made it 200 issues in (laughs) oh it's good kate guys where's this from 
from that old man out in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> you almost made some come out of my nose. <laughs> Was mm. it a whistle? That's how he made the cake. Oh, no. He came <laughs> out his nose. Yeah, I got some cake for you, boy. Come here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Actually, it's like a fifth dimensional thing. Um, that's Roman in the future. <laughs> hey, wait. Oh, no. Oh, it's called Romite. Mm. Oh, oh. Okay, well, we should start talking about Last Ronin, I guess. And, um, last you know, Roman? hopefully hopefully the last Roman and hopefully some of our friends will show up at the Eagles hall. Cause again, this was expensive <laughs> and we did have to pay for cleaning afterwards. And it's just the three <laughs> of us at a table. So no mess yet. Could be easy to clean. We're just going to have to take your cake away. I'm just saying we paid for something, you know, like a damage deposit that we don't get as a non-refundable damage deposit. At this point, we just got to start burning shit afterwards to make yeah. sure it was worth it. Oh, we will damage. Okay. All right. We're going to, we're going to kick the speakers over. Tur- Turtles, the last <laughs> Roman um, by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird and Tom Waltz. Yeah. Django, uh, can you give the world some context for okay, us? Okay, but that's not all. So it's the story is by Eastman and Laird and Tom Waltz. Mm-hmm. The script is Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. The layouts is Kevin Eastman. The pencils and inks are Esau and Isaac Escorza. Page 39 is art by Ben Bishop. Color assistance and then colors. Like, everybody's touched this, this comic. Wait, so, um, ben, so this Ben Bishop only did one page? Yeah, he did page thirty-nine. Wow, and I don't, I don't have a copy with me. I don't remember what that page looked like. Yeah, I think it's the final page. It might be the final page. I just is... tried to count it, but the that is so weird. Page. Or it could be the page before, which is a flashback to when the turtles are young. Ah, um, so this is um, this book has been it's it's been kind of plagued by production weirdness. Um, they solicited it. People got excited. They put it on FOC. We ordered it. And then they said, oh, just kidding. It's going to be a little bit longer. And like more and more buzz built about it. We ended up ordering, I don't know, five times our normal TMNT order. It was mentioned forever ago. And we had, like before the pandemic, we ordered it. Mm -hmm. And we ordered around what our normal turtles number is, which is like 15. Mm -hmm. And then... After that, we started getting more and more pre-orders from people, even people we didn't know. And then it was canceled because of the pandemic. And months went by and then it was resolicited. They had to put like new items in there. That was all problematic in our inventory system because this thing is listed twice because mm-hmm. they got new month codes. And everything. Anyway, finally came out and we ordered more than we would have. And then when FOC came out, came around the, when we get a chance to change our numbers a month before they're released we ordered we ordered Wait, three like comfortable amount yeah we ordered like 50 instead of 15 and then pre-orders for it started going for a lot of money on the internet because idw who put it out was like this we're not able to fill all the orders for this book so everyone's being allocated you don't get your full orders we so like, we only like ended up 15 percent knocked off i think yeah we got 40 instead of 50 um and all of that is really interesting i think the primary buzz of it is because it's the first time eastman and laird have done anything together in a and, very long time yeah and this seems to be just a little bit of story collaboration yeah 
together. Um, but also it's a, it's a badass future story. It is it was pretty rad. I also thought it was pretty rad, very different from the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book that I'm reading and Roman is also reading. Yeah. Um, and I was excited, you know, based on my turtle enthusiasm for that. Uh, and I, I got like three pages into this, like two days after it came out. And I was like, oh, this looks cool, but not for right now. I need to, <laughs> you know, like there's just sometimes if I'm not in the mood for a type of thing, I'm not going to like it. And, but if I wait, Anyway, I read this one today, and I, I did super, super enjoy it. It is a badass and, future story. Yeah, like it follows a turtle. We don't know which one because he has the weapons of all of the turtles and the but ghosts of the rest of the turtles. all yeah, assume think, it's Raphael. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I right. thought. Everyone uh, yeah, assumes yeah, the, it's the, the bad boy. Are, the size are kind of prominent in, in his fighting and on his costume. Mm -hmm. And he's just basically trying to break into the citadel of Shredder's great-grandson. Yep, Shredder. No, just grandson, but yeah, just grandson. Um, so like pretty standard sort of infiltration battle sequences, but yep. but better than better storytelling and better art than I usually expect. I guess I guess I don't want to say better, but more appealing to me for sure. Um, and at the end, we find out that it's not who we thought it was. And also April O'Neil shows up. So spoilers. Hair. Spoilers, everyone. Spoilers. Get ready for that. Spoilers. Um, you know what I really liked about this book was that I loved the Ninja Turtles as a child. Batman and the Ninja Turtles were the first interests I had in my life at all. Like my parents, they were my favorite thing in the entire world. That was, you know, probably because of the Turtles cartoon show, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. um, I was impressed by how well this you know, I think Eastman and Laird are aware of the disparate natures with which different people have come to the Turtles franchise. And I was impressed by, like, Stockman tech. And you're like, okay, Stockman. Yeah, he was one of the bad guys from the cartoon show. Like, the mouse droids. Okay, cool. They've evolved. They're able to take little bits of different Turtles mythos that people might kind of remember because, like, maybe you're a 31-year-old who watched the cartoon show. Or maybe you're an adult who read the comics when it first came out or maybe you're young and watch the Nickelodeon show. There's a little bit, I think, in there for anyone to feel a part of this, even if you're not a big turtle head, if that makes sense. I, I didn't feel super uninformed, even though I realistically have read next to no Turtles comics. Yeah, and I didn't... History of the run. I, I don't know a lot about the Turtles. Like, I really like the action figures that my brother had when we were kids, but, like, I never read the kid versions or the grown-up versions faithfully. Um, I still don't. And I just, most of what I know about the turtles is just by virtue of osmosis right. and a comic book store. Um, one of my favorite things about our shop is that we actually have a cheat sheet of which turtle wears, which color mask <laughs> next to one of the registers. Cause like, that's something we're all expected to know, but, but don't, have committed to memory and sometimes it's nice to know it i'm fucking um, disappointed in any of you that don't know it listen i yeah. i only know i only know raf and uh donatello's blue right no fuck yes, and, and i and i don't know him and i know each one has certain weapons i don't know who has what but i did know Raphael's the the reckless one so that's why i thought this was Raphael. yeah yeah but i i i thought this was a great little uh definitely not gonna end well revenge story 
yeah, it, it is, you know, this lonesome last turtle who's, you know, all the other turtles are dead and he's hearing their voices and he's climbing up this tower to break in and kill this dude on a suicide mission. He's about to kill himself at the very end. And I thought that was what was be- maybe nearly the best part of this was just that the end, the final reveal is that April O'Neil uh, has spoilers. saved him. Spoilers, everyone. I said spoilers earlier a couple of times. <laughs> you scared me when you just did that. You big mean man. You scared me. Whoa. I was talking and I got all scared. <laughs> um, but yeah, you. It's it's uh, April O'Neil is when he picks up this turtle, and what you learn at the end is that it's Michelangelo, which is very surprising because Michelangelo is wearing the party green. dude. You know, Michelangelo is a party dude. Wow, he's the lighthearted know. one. I'm not sure if I I realize that at the end because I don't that's know the turtles the, well enough. That's the great reveal. She's like, oh, you you know, like I'm just I haven't seen you in forever, Michelangelo, and you're like, whoa, this hardened one that's like oh. just about to kill himself and is like on a suicide mission is the one that's like the super lighthearted one who in the Sophie Campbell stuff has the kitty, and and everything. Oh, okay. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. We bought that whole plate full of cocaine on the counter over there for people to use during our tuner. That was a no one has even taken any of the cocaine yet. Yeah. I, uh, oh, well, I, well, excuse, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Great Foley work, bro. <laughs> Thanks. We put the cocaine in the microphones. <laughs> um, so, Roman, what did you think of it? You haven't said your feelings I, on this yet. I dug it. it. It was cool. It was it was a weird uh, switch from the usual monthly turtles uh, book that we're both really enjoying so much. Um, so it took me a little bit of a, a bit of a switch in my turtle brain back to like the original Laird and Eastman comics. And I really liked his ascent of the tower. It actually, reminded me of all things of I think Tower of the Elephant, that old Conan story. Um, of course, one of the early Marvel of adaptations. Of course where yeah most of the story is he's climbing up this tower to, to go steal something from this god basically it was it was um, a minor deity not a god but yeah yeah well you know minor deity. Oh, yeah, okay <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i liked it i liked it a lot okay so, so yeah i'm not even going to mention the production issue what's the well, please oh, go do ahead. Go ahead. that it's the do, dumbest Daniel. goddamn size in the world nathan butcher oh, this well, is yeah, for you that's true yeah <laughs> it's 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 smaller than a magazine, but it's taller than a Golden Age comic. But it's as wide as a Golden Age comic. It does. We had to cut down uh, magazine-sized boards to seven and a half inches wide and put them in Golden Age bags in order to protect this thing. <laughs> well, you could have done that, or you could have just put them comfortably and perfectly into the mag. Sorry, the the bag and board that they perfectly fit into, which they were made for, which is size. Oh wait, no. Fuck you. Doesn't exist. No comic has ever been this size before. <laughs> Not even the original Ninja Turtle comics, which are also awful to figure out how to store. Yeah, yeah it I, is. I tape magazine boards to each other in order to make them tall enough to fit a Ninja Turtles number one. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I wonder why they did it too, right? Like, I don't know. Let's give it a spine. And let's, yeah, let's make it a prestige. Set. Nope. No, not prestige. Different. Yeah. yeah. Magazine? No. No. No, 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 no. Let's make it so people can't display it. I would give it a 7.5, but it, the hooks at the end really did land with me. 
I'd give it an eight based on my expectation of giving it a five and liking it a lot more than that. I went in a five, I came out an eight. I'd, gi- I'd give it an 8.5. I mean, I might even go a nine except for oh. the size. The size yeah. Will, yeah. <laughs> I like that. All right. Okay. Well, before we, you know, move on and bring in a friend or two, I got to talk to you guys about Ten of Swords, Stasis, part Yay. 11 of 22. Roman, you read this, right? You're on board. You're doing this thing. I, I did read it, but I, I just love your 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 uh, sword summations. Oh, thanks. Well, this one's easy. Uh, this is, pillow. Yep, what? He's calling in for a pillow. The, the Eagles are going to bring me a pillow for this. Oh, it's, the same it's called that... snooze time for Daddy. Dude, this one's really quick. Um, all the bad guys got their swords, and they did it in <laughs> one fucking issue. Whereas yeah. all of the heroes took nine issues we had a, a, a beginning issue and then we had t- nine others of them gathering swords and then we have part 11 which is now what they finally have the swords they've got to go hang out at the hotel before the battle well listen did you want 27 issues of this no okay you're welcome i wanted 12 and i feel like they could have just <laughs> done one of these and gotten i mean i wanted 22 really really good ones but mm-hmm. yeah, this one, they just did like a bunch of the bad guys each get one page of getting their sword and like kind of them going to recruit all the different warriors who are going to be fighting for them. And that's cool and necessary. It's just they, they did it way quicker than the happened to the good guys. And so we, the good guys have to go out and get their swords like they have to. It, it's, it's an ordeal to be deemed worthy to be in the battle, kind of. Are the bad guys given a leg up by not having to go track it down or... Is there like an implied adventure behind each of these pages? Some of them already have a sword. Some of them need to go get a sword. Some of them were brought a sword by the people recruiting them. Okay. It's implied. I think it's implied that they just aren't as cool as the good guys. Yeah, I think that's the tacit implication for sure. Did you just say... And they don't get to sit. Or, they don't get to stand around in a cool circle like a video game and and like. Django, here are all the swords. Uh, if you need to know, just oh, okay. a double page spread of all of them with mm. infographics. Um, Some of those don't look very practical. In all of the issues leading up to this, we have been getting like full page text write ups of the histories of the different you know ten realms and everything, or nine realms. Um, Eight realms? I don't know. There's a lot of different There's mythos. a bunch of realms. Yeah. It's um, like one for every side of a circle. Right? Exactly, exactly. So in this one, we do see, you know, a little payoff. Like they a lot of the bad guy fighters are from these different realms. So it's cool. We get to spend some time and in Fury the Everforge or the Kingdom of Sevalith or the floating kingdom of Roma Regina. Yeah. Yeah. Um Can we just, make a deal. Yeah. Never Is it about Regina. Roman, never yeah. say Romans Regina again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the happiest place enough. on earth. Oh man, <laughs> Roman, cover up your Regina. Um, yeah. Oh, and then the big reveal at the end of this is that uh, the bad guys still have Apocalypse's wife um, is still alive, which I think we kind of all saw coming. What's his wife's he- name? Um, I forget now. She's not Amanth. That's the. It's like a more. It's like Omega or something. Um, so anyway, um, Django, that's what was going on. You know, it's unfortunately we're still just in this spot of. I wish I could say something had happened, but we're eleven issues in and nothing's happened yet. Listen, that's a <laughs> lot that? of setup, buddy. That was my cake plate. You saw it. I just put my elbow oh. on it. Oh, okay, okay. Can I just say again? And you guys have heard me bitch about this already, but for our listeners, you know, if 
like me all along, you've been expecting to see Nightcrawler of all the X-Men, the guys who should have a sword, get a sword and be swashbuckling and pirate Nightcrawler and all that fun. Nope, doesn't happen. And it's, it's, I'm very upset by it every week. I, and I agree and I'm with you and I'm here for you and I have your back, but thank you. I also think that they're trying to make uh, Nightcrawler more of like a religious figure in this run. Seems like he's starting that church and like, you know, yeah, I think we've he's already been, done that with Nightcrawler. He was a I, priest. I mean, geez. <laughs> I know, I, but maybe they feel like him buckling swashes is counter to the Catholic priest role they need him for or something. Hmm. Fits right in with the Crusades and all that. Come on. I'll buckle your swash for you <laughs> if you need me to. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, everybody, they got to this hotel and Saturnine, who you know, um, had left all these <laughs> new tarot cards with metaphors on them in their pillows. Oh, and a lot God. of them were troubling. <laughs> troubling metaphors but it was pretty fun to, i liked that part of all the people getting to their hotel room and having a tarot card on it and yeah. you know Did wolverine you gets pissed and so he tears up his bed pillows <laughs> don't like this metaphor yeah. that that's his oh. that's his berserker rage as he's getting older yeah. and just like trashes his hotel room <laughs> oh nightmare oh <laughs> did you read did you read all the tarot fortunes whatever they are yeah, at the end of it, yeah. Did, did you read them all? See, I actually got to the point with this issue where I, I didn't even read them all. I just skipped that page. <laughs> um, I did skip, I think, the very first one. Um, there was three text pages in this one. And the very first one, yeah, prophecies. I didn't read the prophecies. I read the interpretations of the tarot. So. Ah, okay. Okay, and Django Jack. just heard that sentence and threw up on his pants. I just fell asleep again. <laughs> and... I, I was asleep and I fell asleep in my sleep. <laughs> Even deeper. <laughs> hey, oh, you just uh, said, okay. yeah, yeah. Can you, can you, can you answer something for me? A hundred percent. Didn't you hear that incredible description I just gave you of chapter mm -hmm. 11? Yeah. So here's my question. You put it on my chest. Chapter 11 gave you what you wished you'd had all along. So what kind of score do you give this? Can you give it a score, divorced from your anger that this hasn't been the way that the story's gone? Can you reward X-Men, X of Swords, Stasis, for giving you what you ask for? Or will you punish this comic for the previous comic's sins of... Okay, well, Django, I think... I, I, I don't think that... I mean, I, this isn't like what I wanted because this is like, oh, what well, would make it a good story? But what I didn't want was nine issues of Finding Swords. Right, they so did... you just got one issue of Finding Swords Right, now. so that was good. You know, that is like, if we have to all get swords, <laughs> do it in one issue, not nine. So right. yeah, I, and I don't know. I don't even really remember what I've been giving the series. I think somewhere between a six and an eight in general. This one, like, even when it's not very good, I'm still happy to be reading it. But like, I think it should be better. And I just wish Hickman was doing it all by himself. I would give this issue a 7.5 mm. okay roman what do you give it uh i'll give it a five um yeah. partly because i read it over a week ago and i don't really remember much now and i did skip a page or two <laughs> whoa you have a fucking job to do you know what he he was in a hurry jeff to be fair he was in a hurry to get to the back matter to be fair to yeah. Read that. yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't have time for the middle matter um well listen that's important stuff but i need to hear about the real important stuff which is the department of truth number oh, two yeah and 
Uh, James Tynion and Martin Simmons. Ooh, uh, love with those guys. A, a on letters. And Dylan Todd as the designer, which is important in this comic. Oh, I love his poetry. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Um, gosh, it has been a little while since I read this. I really liked one of the characters' shirts. It looked like a shirt I would own. Uh, and <laughs> the mark of a good book. Django yeah. has the best shirts. That's right. That's right. Um, so we're, we're basically just learning more about the way that evil is manifested by belief in it, or I guess things are, are manifested by the belief. And we, we meet this character that uh, the guy who's been recruited, Cole, has, these, has this memory that he's written off as fake about uh, sort of a demon eating babies. And we find out that maybe it was real. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed reading this issue. I thought that the the art and the the whole thing is a little easier to follow than the first one. There were some bits in the first issue where I was kind of lost, uh, and and this one kind of held together a little bit better. What, what did you think, Roman? Yeah, I, I agree. This one did hold hold together better. Yeah, there wasn't any confusing confusing art. Um, like one, don't, they're not snafus. Confusing art perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you like the guy who wore a shirt that you would wear? Mm, I don't have a copy in front of me, so I'm, I don't remember. Oh, it was, shirt it was the wear. guy, it was the guy in the basement who is, is, uh, wearing the shirt that says fart goblin. Oh, yeah. See, the funny thing is that made, that made <laughs> me think of you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I love that they have like, you know, like the, the the crazy bad guy wall with with the articles and red string connecting them, and that's kind of their their archives. Yeah, yeah, kind they, of archives. Yeah, and the archivist he has a very specific way that it has to be this done this way without using computers because he I forget he doesn't trust computers or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's, it's a very old man, cranky old man. <laughs> Abe Simpson way of doing things. Well, yeah, he, he says digital media changes too quick. It's so reactive. You never know which changes hit Wikipedia because people's beliefs shift or if it's all just a no good teenager. And those <laughs> machines are trying to reprogram your minds. They're succeeding too. I let the kid deal with all of that. So they're like, yeah, he, he can't trust digital media to, to store this stuff because it's, it changes based on beliefs. Um, yeah, I, I think that this book is outstanding thank you jimmy t for reinstilling my faith in your writing yeah this book i'm thinking it, it may be like my favorite in the future it may still be my favorite uh james tenyon book yeah yeah and um he also wrote wind which we'll probably talk about in a little bit um oh. and i really enjoyed that whole thing too spoiler alert for this very episode that that's when i'll have to go back and read it all someday because i read the first issue and i did like it a lot yeah uh what do you give this roman uh <clears throat> excuse me i'll give it a i'll give it an eight i think i will too yeah real real solid writing and, and appropriate art yeah roman you like tater tots yeah who does What's your think, favorite tater I, I think we know somebody else who likes tater tots how can how can you not like tater tots i mean i don't know they're beautiful they taste uh -huh. beautiful. They're like yeah. crispy, golden, delicious potatoes put into a cylinder. Yeah. They're, they're like 
you know how when you go to Wendy's and you get a fish sandwich, it's square? I love that about them. Like, I don't know where they get the square fish from, but that's what tater tots are. They're basically like taken apart and reassembled into the shape of a potato. I like that. When I broke my neck and had to go to the hospital in Spokane, where Raiden was also, not at the hospital, just Spokane, um, <laughs> I had to stay overnight and my mommy was there with me because I was just like a little 15-year-old boy and I had to get an MRI and all this horrible stuff and I couldn't eat or anything. They put me on drugs. I, I didn't eat all day. And then at like 10.30 at night, they were like, you finally get to eat. And my mom was like, what do you want? I'll go get you some food. And I was like, I want three filet fish sandwiches from McDonald's <laughs> with cheese. Oh, and yeah. And I ate what? three filet fish sandwiches with cheese that night. Brayden! Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. It's time for the fish and cheese. <laughs> the fish and cheese uh, sandwich bit that we've been working on. We've been workshopping it uh, in preparation for your arrival. So. Oh, yeah. I've seen your notes around the shop. Okay. They, they float around. They float around. They float yeah, around yeah, yeah, yeah. A little tiny bit. Oh, nice Dragon Ball Z mug. Oh, thank you. I got it from the comics place in Bellingham, oh. Washington. Oh, yeah. All of our inventory is online. You can check it out. Um, Shop.thecom... We- <laughs> it's easy to make an account. No, we're not doing curbside pickup. Um, but we will be soon. Thursday. That was today. Fuck. Um, hey, Brayden. It's, yeah. I don't know if you heard, but listen, we've been doing this thing. You've been doing this thing. Perfectly acceptable yeah. podcast. And it turned 200 today. Actually, several Two- days ago. 200 years old. Congratulations. I know. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time i feel like an old old kai it's weird because you're only 17 and we're on 200 year old podcast now it's, it's wild know. the way time works in, in you know a pandemic the thing about being 17 though is that it lasts a lifetime it's the it's the dream <laughs> it's the dream hey um roman um yeah. i don't know if you remember but now that brayden's here i get to mention i got to spend my birthday with roman Django, and brayden hanging out at the comic shop filing books away on a tuesday evening and it was maybe some of the most normal feeling it has felt in the last seven or eight months because there was like four of us in a comic shop hanging out mm-hmm. good i can count on my That's hands good. the time there's been more than two or three people on the in the comic shop when i've yeah. been there my cat just opened the door to this room. All right, well, hey, Brayden, listen. <laughs> yeah. We waited to talk about Giga this week because we wanted to talk about Giga with you. Yeah. Because it uh, seemed like you were also a Giga bro. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a wretched title, and I reject I, it. I just, I know. <laughs> I know. I Listen, I'm, it, I, that was... That was an instance of workshopping and, uh, and oh, Kitty's getting some cake. Yep. Kitty's eating the cake. Listen, I've, I've, I've thought about, I thought about rolling with it, but I just couldn't no, do it. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. He needs it. that sometimes, Braden. I absolutely <laughs> do it to him. Um, yeah, and... if, there's, if there's one thing that Jeff needs to take a hit on, it's his self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for knowing. Um, now, Braden, I'm just really glad that you're in here because as you can see, we rented out the whole Eagles hall. We got all yeah. this cake. There's that plate of cocaine over there that no one's doing because we invited all the listeners. No one is here for this 200th celebration yet. The Eagles Hall mm. was an expensive rent, as you know. Like it's oh, like yeah. a, a oh, night yeah. at the Eagles Hall. I'm pretty no, sure it's because I, mean, I only put up posters in the shop and we don't let people in the shop. That that's fair. Okay. We got this super nice eagle shaped chandelier here, and I love it. Caw, I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought there was some type of mail letter that went out in the emails for the eagle hall gathering mm-hmm. didn't no. you create a comics place group for that Braden? like a cp group for oh that? my gosh yeah i just <laughs> auto subbed everyone to that 
<laughs> hey, this is a fun little bit. Um, Django, I don't know if you heard this, but Braden and I realized this on Monday, and I think our listeners will enjoy it. Because most things that come into the store and are on the FOC get posted online as the FOC, and people can prepay and pre-order for things, uh, on this week's FOC was an opt-in for mm. the Marvel launch of King in Black. And we sold some for a penny. So we three. pre we yeah. pre-sold people prepaid for three copies of the one cent opt-in for the DC or the Marvel King and Black launch party, uh, which is only an item that exists for us to tell Marvel that send us these variants that we're gonna order because we are gonna have a release party for it, which we don't always do. Um, Whoa. And so then Braden and I were like working on stuff. And we we're like, wait, why do people have holds and requests for this? That people have been buying this. Our, we have been placing requests for people mm-hmm. for this that, like uh, it was uh just an awesome bit of like haven't had to deal with this yet yeah I, I could see how a customer would do it like if you want everything king of black and you know well what if i have to opt in for this special thing and then... a penny sounds like a good deal to me yeah yeah and yeah, well we'll get them we'll get them tattoos instead oh yeah, yeah? i for forgot sure. about that whole episode 250 we're going to be doing live tattoos in the shop thing <laughs> oh yeah Thurman's first time tattooing, but he's he's got a lot of, uh, you know, natural hand, talent. Yeah, hand-eye yeah, yeah. coordination. Yeah. Yeah. Be great. I'm going to be drinking while I do it. It'll be awesome. He's been practicing on his own legs for long enough that it makes yeah. sense. He's yeah. just got yeah. scribble stick figures all over his legs. Yeah, I've got a bit of a limp now, but, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll fade. <laughs> oh, God, how deep are you tattooing? <laughs> it's not the depth, it's the infection. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's supposed to ooze like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we'll... Ro- Rome infection. Infection. Uh, speaking of ooze there's a, there's a there's a great <laughs> ooze panel in in giga like harkens back to the days of you know alien and stuff yeah like, listen this, i saw this ooze panel so there's like a panel of, of there's a page of, of people having a conversation and then like two of the panels on like the bottom right at the end of the page you just see like some ooze starting to form and, and drips and it drips down and you're like <laughs> And I remember seeing like, why did I see, why are there two panels devoted to this? Why do I see this? And then, you know, it falls on one of the person's shoulders who's being talked to. I didn't even notice that. It's, Mm -hmm. I, I, well, I almost didn't notice it either. But then I went back, it's like, I want to read this a little slower. I'm going to go back and it's like, there's two panels here that don't make any sense. Um, And then it falls on his shoulder. And then like, you know, a page or two later, you see that there's, you know, okay, spoilers for Giga at this point, but there's, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a gosh darn robot hanging onto the ceiling, Bruce Willis style, dripping yeah. uh, ooze from there, and it's like, oh, I, it, I don't know. It just felt great. To, it felt like very cool storytelling that you can only do in a comic book, really. Like, not maybe not only, but you know, felt totally. felt unique to the medium. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. Like I saw the oozing panels, and I was like, why why did those exist? But then on the one where it actually hits his shoulder, I did not see that. And then, you know, a page or two later, no, like four pages later, he touches his neck and says, hiss, and he's like, I'll stick you. And I'm like, oh, is that, oh, yeah. the, did I see those bu- like little bubbles drop? Um, so yeah, just, I, I totally echo what you say, like unique to the medium for sure. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Uh, I like, I like Giga a lot. I don't know, I don't know if you've, you've all talked about it at all already or introduced None. it, but okay, None. yeah, it's uh, Alex uh, Pacnaddle. Um, yeah. Some of y'all met met him, right? So yeah, can, at can... Comics Pro, which we actually mentioned just randomly, Comics Pro at the beginning of the podcast. But yeah, mid February, we were at a table talking to Mark Russell because everyone knows about Django and Mark Russell. Oh, um, we're bros. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you want to be his bro, you know, Russell bros, Russell bros. (laughs) Um, So, so Django and I ended up at a table with Mark Russell, which meant, you know, Jeff, very quiet, timidly, awkwardly sitting next to Django while he talks to Mark Russell. But then these three dudes showed up and Mark invited him over. He was like, please come sit with us. Please come sit with us. And it was... Give me, give me somebody else to talk to instead of Django. <laughs> yeah. And it was Alex and two other writers. Rom, Rom wasn't v. with... Was he at the table with him at that point? I think it was Rom, Alex, and then a different writer who's in a writing collective with him. And he was doing... Okay he was doing some hellblazer or something he was but it wasn't simon yeah. spurrier but um, yeah they were they were doing was it ryan north because he's doing some hellblazer no no, no but the, it was it was like three people who weren't really on our radar but were just about to be like like they all Alex, had stuff starting to pop off yeah and pack nadal he did turncoat and he did arcadia which are both books mm-hmm, okay. that we've read that came in the store they were boom books um so he was a familiar name, but he sat at the table and he, we were like, well, what are you doing? What are you working? He's like, I'm working on this book that's like kind of about people in a society after like mechs have been around or after there's been a war with mechs. So yeah. like people are like living in the suits and kind of it's, societies built up around them. The, the book absolutely feels like it takes place like after like the series finale of a big mecha anime, like. Gundam or or Evangelion or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. which is it's super cool. Um, who else? It was Alex Pecknoddle, um, John Lay, artist, uh, yep. Roche, colorist, uh, Aditya Bidakar, letter again. Oh, and Danny Lore, sensitivity reader. Danny Lore is super cool. Um, who works a lot with uh, Vita Ayala on stuff. What do you think the title of sensitivity reader is? Uh, that's something. For, you know, if you're not sure if you're representing uh, a marginalized group super, awesome. like, I didn't, correctly or... I didn't or... that title on a book. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, you, I'm, I'm sure they don't get credited very often on the on the front page of comics, but... I'm sure they don't get used very often in comics at all. <laughs> no, uh, but they've definitely been getting uh, more use, which is great. Or just um, like, yeah. hey, this thing could use a trigger warning, you know? Yeah, yeah um, that makes total it's, sense. Yeah, people, it's 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 really they're really handy for for writers. Like, hey, am I am I doing this right? And you know, instead of, you know, putting that emotional weight on a marginalized person to maybe do, you can pay them for it instead. Um, definitely at that comics pro thing, this was the book after talking to those writers that was the most exciting to me. It was like a collective of writers that all worked together, and Rom V was kind of the first amongst them to have gotten work in the states and then kind of get work for all of the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the most i've liked a vault book like this is probably my favorite vault book that's come out i don't know not to throw giant absolutes around but i i really <laughs> liked the mood of this one giant. vault does a lot of good stuff and they do stuff that i don't like as much but this is the most i've been like especially the first like seven or eight pages of this i really like just this scene that kind of takes place as a flashback of this kid within a school structure that lives within one of the giant mechs but it yeah, no. really well illustrates that like there is a hierarchy and a way that they're trying to make people believe things. And this kid has a way of looking at it that isn't how they look at it. And I totally love the way he did, but they're just sort of like, nope, you're wrong. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's really good uh, exposition early on. That's uh, very natural. Like they're just, it, it places you in the world instead of like just shouting facts about it at you. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You're very much with these characters and everything they say is just 
super inter- like curious like like the terms they use uh you yeah. know uh i'm trying to i've only got a, a pdf in front of me there but were like, qu- quite a few words that like i had learned in things like im Im imbroglios or imbroglios um the like same Natalie? Im- um yeah, yeah or just the same imbroglios as to say like the same you know in misadventures that you get into or just there was many instances of not super common English, but maybe Braden, you also found some like made up words. Well, just like terms like, you know, order of the red relay, you know, oh, yep. um, mm-hmm. there is uh, the Claymore collective. Yeah. You know, the, the book of assembly, which seems like some kind of biblical text, like yep. just really cool, like kind of robotic adjacent terms that this religious society that they've formed have like adopted. It's or just, like, I- I love the statement speaking to that, like when they approach this giant dead mech and, and uh, the girl that finds our protagonist here, uh, they said, what is it? Did dusters do this? Which dusters are this like sort of Luddite culture. And he says, they're Luddites, not butchers. And I was just like, that statement, they're Luddites, not butchers says so much about the world building. Like, okay, so there's like a judgment about Luddites, those who aren't embracing technology, don't want to mm-hmm. live in mechs, like, but then there's a judgment about them being butchered, like, all, like, that's really yeah. great world building in a sense. And also, like, you know, a, a, a devoted faction of, you know, Luddites, like, making up a, a large portion of civilization in these times. Right. Like, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. I, like, I liked the art a lot, and it, it was, like, it had that, it had that, like, kind of vault art feel um which is to say i think there's a lot of like talent in this artist and i'm it seems like early in their work and i'm excited to see a lot more of their work go but like all of the pencil line all of it just like looked super cool i love the costumes i would have loved like more shots of this like scale just like people next to robots because it at times it's like well how big are they like how you know and and I love just sort of the atmosphere of seeing the the robots and how cities have been built around and within them. Yeah, there's this there's a really nice big page, double page spread like after that explosion where you just see what looks like a city kind of at first glance, but you, like you look close and it's like oh look, a lot of these buildings are just giant robots, mm-hmm. and it's great. And there's like I don't know it's, it's they, they zoom out really cool. I love how much of it seems to be shins, right? They're like, yeah, there's all like <laughs> these, like the poses that these robots have all taken to like end their journey. And they're like sitting down and their knees are up and like the shins have been built into these like cascading apartments or something. Yeah. Oh man. You don't, you don't want to live in the shins. You got to get into like, no, the shoulders. Got to get out nice. the, yeah, the shoulders someplace tender. Yeah. I love the relationship between, um, was it Evan, the main character and Evan? The, yeah. There you the, go. The, the, like their robot, um, yeah, the robot world is kind of falling apart, and that seems to be kind of what what's going to spark this adventure. Um, that is a dangerous thing to have hanging out with you. I, I mean, liked the way they introduced that, though. I've seen I've seen Ex Machina. I know how this yeah. goes. I've yeah. seen the robots. Yeah, for sure. But I love that. Like, yeah, a squirrel came to visit me, and you're like, oh, you look out the window, you're like, that's a dead squirrel, my dude. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think that I really liked that scene, just him being like, well, I got to check in on this robot. And the robot is even like a little bit leery about like, well, why do you need to get into my head? And he's, and he's like, well, you know, like you just got to, I can't take you to a repair shop because this is illegal, but also like something's kind of going wrong and the stakes for that going wrong are pretty high. Yeah. 
it's and it's just super like even when he like opens up Laurel's like head like just looking at it like it's got that ooze and it's like kind of kind of smoking a little bit like it's really I don't know it's just little details like that it, Laurel feels like you know the main character's super cool robot powerful companion um, which is like kind of a trope you know main mm-hmm. character finds like a bumblebee or, or what have you sure uh, but it's just in a in a much I don't know more it's an interesting sta- state that, that Laurel is in and I'm, I'm really curious to see how this character develops <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just really curious to see how this society and in turn Evan and Laurel in, in, interact with these mechs. Like mm-hmm. I'm the the history that led to this point and the way that people interact with these giant, you know, these we only find them when we're, they're dead type of things going <laughs> into harvest the old spark plugs from the dead giants. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you, you think know. we're going to get to see living gigas at some point? I hope so. You know, I feel like Maybe eventually, either, either as a flashback or or something. But they talk about the nomads, right? Yeah, actually, I really like the, the idea of the gigas. nomads. Yeah, um, but also like I I feel like I didn't have a super urgent desire to like see the giant robots, which is yeah. a, a good feeling to have when you're reading a book about giant robots. No, I, it, it means everything else is is doing really well. I I, I do totally agree. Like. I'm just so interested in the world that I want to know the history of it. Yeah. But I also like, I do think that I'm as interested, if not more of just how society interacts with what is left of these robots than I am of actually seeing the robots themselves. But mm-hmm. I do think it's a testament to the world building and writing that I want to know both, but yeah, it is yeah. surprising. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big character fan. Usually like that's usually my priorities, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I would say I'm just as invested and curious about this world as I am the characters. So that's, it's, it's yeah. Firing in all cylinders for me. What a cool fucking idea too. Like, you know, I'm one of those people who like when I'm walking somewhere, like homelessness is a, is a super, super bummer. But when you walk like under a bridge and you're like, this would be a really dry, safe spot if I was homeless. And you just, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I get this weird sense of like safety Anyway, these giant robots, like I love the final page cliffhanger of this is them going in this robot and you see these people living within it that are now like going to maybe be adversarial or something. Yeah, they, they've got guns. I, I bet they're going to do something. Yeah, but just that idea of like, they are like the way Evan says at the very beginning, like they do provide shelter. Like they're not great, but they keep the rain out, you know, yeah. like these giant <laughs> robots that people would be, you know, yeah, just cool idea. Well, what it's do you give it, Braden? Uh, well, shucks, I almost forgot about scores. I, <laughs> I give it a ten out of ten. I read it again. Yeah, I, get I'd, it. I'd give it, a, I'd give it an eight, and I'm gonna keep reading it. I like it a lot. I go nine. I I really liked it. Also, I think it was one of those like almost like duh concepts. You know, like <laughs> as soon as he was talking to us about it, it was just like, oh wow, that's really just like the foggy <laughs> smoky remnants of walking around with these giant cobwebbed mechs like wow cool yeah like how come nobody thought of post-apocalypse mech stuff yeah before like yeah it's great uh well brayden we got you for a few more minutes did you wait roman it? oh oh did you read it yeah i'll give it a i'll give it an oh, eight Jesus. I, I, re- I really like the roman art. reads everything Jamie. I, come on roman is yeah. comic he was yeah. just so quiet i thought he put his hood up yeah Ooh, that's, i thought the that dark was, side it's cold in my apartment Oh, oh, I'm sorry. 
if you hang a tapestry over the the yeah. crawl space, that'll yeah, I, solve see, that. I don't have any good tapestries around. Oh, uh, but I love comics. All crawl space, no <laughs> tapestry. That's Roman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Braden, did you read Wind Number Five? I did. Uh, I liked so, it. I, I, I thought so it. I. It wrapped up the series well, and it, uh, you know, still left itself open for you know more, which they they said you know there will be more, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. But also, if anybody wants to you know hop off after five issues, they they can like. Yeah, it's it's totally totally acceptably self-contained. I think. Yeah, I I, I was really uh, with pleased with the way the villain died. Like, uh, spoilers for win number five. He, it turns out he's a vampire. Um, and someone like rips off part of the bandages that are covering his skin. And so like he kind of ignites and then he gets impaled on a huge rock spike and just kind of bursts into flames. Mm-hmm. It's very and, wonderful and cathartic because he's being a real piece of shit to the main characters earlier on. Butthole also, shit burn. He, yeah. he does it. He does it as a character who looks a lot like Icarus is flying. Mm. Him, right. So like he, he catches on fire being mm. dropped and, and disrobed by Icarus. That's great. Um, yeah, I this this book I've I've enjoyed every issue and it's I, I don't think that it was written for me, but mm. it was really well done and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Yeah, it looks um, it looks like a, a much more like uh, younger audience in terms of the art style, but I, mm-hmm. I'd say it's it's fairly mature in, in tone and style yeah. for sure. Yeah, and it. Um, I found this out listening to uh, an interview with Jimmy TIV about this. Um, it was originally slated to come out as a graphic novel this month. Hmm. Okay, okay. And the pandemic changed those plans. And so they released it as five. Like these are all at Oversized. least double, if not triple yeah. size. Yeah, which, which were great reads, I felt like. like yeah. if, I felt like I was getting my money's worth. Like, mm-hmm. um that's interesting. You usually don't see uh, a graphic novel turned into single issues. It's almost yeah. always the other way around. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and that that kind of explains, I think, some of the some of the pacing that happens. Yeah. In this. It, it never really felt like comic pacing to me. Uh, yeah, that's fair. And yeah, I'm I'm glad that you uh, you reminded me to keep reading it after that first <laughs> issue. I think I missed number two, and then I was like, that's nah, it's probably fine. And Braden said, "Don't sleep on this." Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's uh it's cool when when Django and Braden click on a book. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, books and and Tom Waits. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what would you give that series? Uh, listen, I'm I give it a, I give it a nine out of ten. I'd say it's great. Yeah. It's not perfect. I think the the only real stumbling part was the exposition issue. Uh, which yeah. took up a little too much time and didn't feel that? all that relevant to the rest of the story. Um, but yeah. maybe that'll come up later again. But yeah, was... I would I would agree that 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 part was was a little clumsy. I w- I would give the whole thing. Um, I think Django would give it a seven and a half. I think uh, I would recommend it to certain people as an eight and a half or a nine. Yeah, like sounds think, right. I think mm. that it's better than better for other people than me but i enjoyed it quite a bit nice nice good one jimmy t iv did it again did you guys know that his production company is tiny onion yeah i have heard that name pronounce his last name oh (laughs) Oh, that's cute that's good that's good 
we're just enormously in debt for Braden coming up with the wonderful nickname of Jimmy TIV all those years ago. Listen, I I, I made him like my writer of the year, like yeah, like some years, years ago, ago, and it, it's it's paid off in spades. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Well, Braden, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for being on this podcast for a huge number of the 200 episodes that have been on it. You are wonderful. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I hope you're all enjoying this 200th episode. It sounds like it's uh, going pretty great so far. It's we're a little lonely on... in here, but we're having a good time. With yeah, it's, Listen, yeah, I just thought more people would have showed up to the Eagles Hall. Yeah, you know. It's, you put uh, the money down, you want people to show up. You do, you do. Well, uh. You're like, well, I'm going to go the, out of the Eagles <laughs> Hall because it's awkward and I'm not going to be the only one yeah. eating the cocaine on the table. No. You, you mix it with milk? It's like a stirrable thing? It just I think dissolves. so. It's like a Swiss Miss or something. Yeah, it's like a Swiss yeah, Miss. Yeah, they, they dyed it green because they, they know that we are big Superman fans and they, they're calling it kryptonite. So <laughs> oh, on your way great. out, if you want to take a pocket full of kryptonite, go for it. Okay, um, cool. I'll put it in my goodie bag. Uh, oh, do it. <laughs> good. Uh, thanks for having me, y'all. Uh, good to see you, buddy. I'll get out of your hair. Uh, Everybody should read Animorphs. Oh, everyone should <laughs> read Animorphs. I haven't read it yet, but Roman and Brayden know. So I can't, I can't be on the podcast and not and not shout out Animorphs. It's <laughs> okay. amazing. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, Brayden. <laughs> Bye, Brayden. Okay, 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 okay. You ready okay. for Andrew? Is he here? He's here. Oh, yeah. Look, look at, at that, that head go. <laughs> look at him go. <laughs> Hey, Andrew. Uh, hello, everyone. It's nice to see you. It's great to see you guys. Happy 200th episode. Yeah, I'm so proud of you guys. This is crazy. Thank well, you. Look at this. Uh, like, because we can't see all of him, it's just pots of thoughts. Parts of thoughts. <laughs> Parts that. of thoughts. I get it. You don't um, want to see the other half of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing but hairy, muscly legs. It's like a Ren and Stimpy bit. Um, I like that you've got Morty's bed right there because I get to see oh, yeah. bed. Um, well, listen, we've just had Braden stop by the show. Uh, we've talked about some books, and then we're going to be doing a handful of questions and emails and things after we get to see you. And this um, was going to be a lot more interactive with the audience, but we're in the Eagles Hall right now with you. And uh, Which, by the way, thank you for being up. one of the only people that showed up to the Eagles Hall. We spent all of this money to rent it out. It's gorgeous, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, we didn't build it. We just paid to rent it. The stained glass, like the light coming through, the moonlight specifically, because it's nighttime, of course. It's nighttime, and we made sure to only have candlelight inside of here, except for the giant eagle-shaped chandelier. And the spotlight on the cocaine, which I see you've already uh, rummaged Shit. around in. The giant plate of cocaine. Maybe a little bit. The giant plate of cocaine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Got my uh, good old crunchy donuts oh, uh, in nice. honor of Jeff. Uh, it's an old podcast reference. And you can see um, Roman's chest is covered in the sacred ice cream of, you know, his just hair mess is covered in butter pecan uh, all day long. Um, but we're so glad that you stopped by the Eagles Hall with us, as Jenga was saying. Thank you. Um, we thought it would be good to have a special 200th edition round of Carlson's Continuity Corner. Yeah! <laughs> Carlson's Continuity Corner. I fucking love Carlson's Continuity Corner. It oh, works. It rolls I got, on my I got tongue. a real stumper for him. Oh. oh. We're stumping well, him. No, You're not stumping yet. me not, first. No. No, 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 we're getting oh. stumped by Andrew. 
but then there's but then we have something afterwards i'm Um, gonna get down to the root of things and it's gonna like bite back at me oh my god you never want to get down to the root of roman oh the root of roman it's It's cross rot perverted and moldy bobby (laughs) i don't know what he Uh, just said a weird thing happened um like 30 minutes ago right when Braden showed up roman put his hood up and the energy yeah, just shifted. The whole time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it is. Roman's a little mysterious it's, now. He's, the nightmare is starting to come in. Yeah, yeah. You get that sockeye slap. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Roman. All right, Roman. Quippy and Creepy. Um, C- Carlson's Continuity Corner. Absolute Value Edition. Yeah. Let's get this popping off. What have you got for us? So for anyone not familiar, again, we're trying to tell everyone, if this is your first episode of the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast, don't. Just find a different one. <laughs> this one's for us. This is long. It's, uh, it's turgid with um, ongoing... Bit, bit. Django's been saying turgid lately. It's a word. It means... I'm, I'm aware. It's we all know it's a word, <laughs> uh, but it's stuck in my little brain. Uh, my turgid skull. Um, but uh, I don't remember what I was saying when I said turgid. But here we are, Andrew. <laughs> it's long and turgid and probably a little hard to do this podcast. In. It is. You know? it yeah. is. We've been Oof. going for two hours. No, three hours ago we met oh, on this thing. Holy Good shit. Lord, man. Your butts must be Oh, wait, be no, it's nine. Never mind. It was two hours ago. I'm just bad at math. Is that daylight time? But I, I do have a bad butt, to be fair. <laughs> so, Andrew, what have you got for us? We're going to start with Batman number 85, the end of Tom King's run. And I, I did remember I, I, when I got into the turgid thing, I was going to explain for anyone who this is your first time hearing Carlson's continuity corner. Andrew has a database of all the scores for comics on the podcast and he's co- co- cataloged them. And now he's going to ask complete. us. It's absolutely comprehensive. And now he's going to ask us um, what we think our score was versus what we actually gave it. And we're going to see how consistent we are as score givers and rememberers. Batman 85. I bet I gave it. I bet I gave it. Oh, man, I want to say an 8.5 or a 9. But Andrew always goes so hard at me about needing to pick a number. Um, I bet I gave it. I bet I gave it an 8.5. 8.5. I bet it was a nine. I bet I gave it a nine. I bet I gave it a nine. You're saying nine? Yeah. I'm saying you gave eight it a nine. That's what you're saying? I'm saying uh, that. I'm saying eight and a half for me. You gave it an eight and a half? Roman? Yeah, I, I, I think I gave it a gooey. Did you gooey it? I of think course so. he gooeyed it. Roman's game is always just like, I don't know, say I gave it a 10. Fuck it. <laughs> Put this fucking thing on the table. I don't know, baby. It's a gooey duck. Well, Jeff, you gave it a nine and a half. Okay. So you're 0.5 low, but, okay, yeah, but you, you liked it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you, I'm sure you know, but so the audience knows, if gave, he gave the series a 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I forgot to include those. Oh, yeah. We did, it's just Series a side score. fun thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Django, you gave it a 10. Oh. So, yeah, you're one and a half off. I Here's... shit that bad quick and turgidly. <laughs> That's three times as many off as I am right now. Oh. It is. It is. And you gave the series a nine. It okay. was interesting that you and Jeff flip-flopped there. Um, you, had, you had you had the same problems with the series, but they were minor for Jeff, and they bothered Django. 
Jeff is a much more forgiving person I am. than I am outwardly. With comments, yeah, and, <laughs> and less, but Roman yeah. did give it a ten. Fuck you, oh, Roman. It, Roman! Every time I, he does lead. this, I'm, I'm like, no way did he give it a ten. I guess I he just gives it's out. Not all, it's not all. It's not all this that way. Not <laughs> I, like uh, last time. I did better. Uh, no, he doesn't. Don't. You, you're never the problem. We're the shitty parts. I can't yeah. believe Roman did that. Roman, you you and your fish disgust me. Um, all right. Okay. And he gave the series a nine and a half. Okay. Okay. All right. So Roman's in the lead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Klaus Xmas special from 2019, the, the horizontal calendar one. Oh, wow. Oh, I forgot about a, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of a weird wow. one. Um, so this 10. is not, not the one with jam chewer or whatever that. No, was. that was, that was Sue no, spoon no, no. liquor. Yeah, this was the time. The time spoon we, liquor. Spoon liquor. I think was the liquor. first episode that you and I had to record alone, Django. Oh, really? I think was it, it was the first, the first episode time we almost that... came to blows. We did argue. I think that Jimmy Tiv probably created that character. You're right. Spoon liquor and thub tumper <laughs> or whatever you're always talking about. But um, that is crazy. I think the first two person podcast was the one where we talked about that Klaus issue. But yeah, not this one. So I, th- I, wanna... I think I gave that one a ten. I think I probably gave it a nine. Okay. Well, if it was a two-person episode and it was just you guys, then I don't No, sorry. The first one was a two-person. Oh, oh okay. With sorry. Spoon yeah. Liquor. Hmm. Ghost, Sideways Ghost issue. Maker. I'm going to say that I gave that an 8.5. Okay, okay. Jeff, you gave it a nine and a half. Okay. So your point five, your point five high. Okay. You didn't okay. like it all that much. I don't, I don't remember exactly what. Wait, I feel like I cried in it. <laughs> you did cry. You did cry, but you didn't give it a ten. I know. But I mean, a nine point five is not to say I did not like it all that much. I mean, no, a nine point no, no. five is. But typically, if you cry, it's yeah, a you're 10. right. Yeah, 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 you're right. But you're right. not this yeah. one. It didn't. I, I think it was, the hor- it was probably the horizontal. I know You're that I was always a big fan of the horizontal. I think that Django really liked it, and so I was hesitant to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Django, you're spot on. You gave it a nine. Fuck you oh, yeah. both. Fuck you both. I docked it one one half point for being sideways, and I docked it <laughs> half a point for not having a calendar hole drilled in the side of it. Oh, was it, I thought it did have that. I'm maybe I'm wrong. Hole? Wow. Maybe you just did that to all of your copies in yeah. the shop. <laughs> That's if, you have, if you got one from the comments without that hole, it's worth money. <laughs> uh, Roman, you gave it a nine. So you're 0.5 off. Uh-huh. I'm catching up, suckers. Roman is still in the lead. Yeah, yep. Well. <laughs> now we're going to do another weird one wonder twins it. number one that's Mark not Russell. weird that that klaus poll was such a good one dude way to go um i'm gonna say i gave wonder twins number one either a 7.5 or an eight um okay i give. i bet i gave it an eight i bet i gave it a seven and a half i bet i gave it a nine Look at him. He's just like floating through. And he life, doesn't care. Our asses. Oh, he's just like a, better he's like at a this. Roman, what do you think you gave it? Say it again. A, a nine. Okay. Oh. Jeff, you gave it a six and a half. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh that's man. Pretty that's, far off, bud. It's the same it's off one as and your first off. answer. Yeah. Uh, really Django, you gave it a seven, so you're point five off. Oh. Yeah. I'm not feeling good about this. Uh, 
Roman, you gave it a seven and a half. So you're also one and a half off. That was a tricky one. But I'll give a special bonus point to anyone who can guess Justin's score. I bet it was really high. I'll bet it was a seven. I bet it was a 10. I'll bet it was an eight. You're all wrong. It was a six. No oh, bonus points. Awesome. <laughs> and I'll also include that I am the furthest behind at this point with two and Man. a half. Django has two and Roman has one. No, sorry. Roman has two. Two. You know, it's amazing. Thank you for helping me keep track. <laughs> uh, that, that series like turned itself around. I remember not really liking it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And by the end, it was right up there with my favorite Mark Russell stories. I think it, it didn't was... have a lot of goofs. And you guys said that it didn't really have a direction as far mm-hmm. as like, it didn't have a lot of the political satire. So you were just kind of like, what, is he just kind of having fun with this book? What, what's he doing? But then after issue three, three was the one where it was like, I think that came out like the same week as like Emerald City. It was the same week as like the Grim Knight one shot that Rousseau did um this is how my brain works but I remember trying really hard to try and get Justin to read it um Mm -hmm. and I don't think he ever did but it had this great statement about sort of like villainous psychopathy or something but um I think got just like yeah everything you just said it just like it found its footing in the direction that it was taking when it was allowed to have 12 issues for sure yeah yeah all right War of the Realms number one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow, dude. Six. Man, can we can we ask for hints? Who did Art Adams do the art one? Oh, it was Russell Dodderman and Jason oh. Aaron. Oh, oh, okay. Matt Wilson on colors. So not not Art Adams. Um, he did the covers for that series. Yeah, that's why you're thinking Art Adams. That's, yeah. Um, War of the Realms, number one. Oh, uh, 7.5. Damn, drinking the regular whiskey now, it is not as good as the log moon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to, oh man, I'm going to say a seven. Hey, Django, so... You didn't actually read this one. Oh! So what I'm going to do... So I get the score. It's have you guess my score. Yes, (laughs) Andrew, I fucking love you. You are such a titan. Fuck. Um, I'm going to say you gave it an eight. I gave it it an eight and a half. So it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Jeff. You gave it an eight, so you're so 0.5 off. Okay. Django was 0.5 off. Mm-hmm. And then Roman? Roman gave it a nine. He really, Damn really it. liked it. <laughs> what did he, he think really he gave liked it? it? A seven. Yeah. Okay, so you're two off on that one? Roman, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was... I was feeling real, really, uh, really uh, <laughs> lost my confidence after the last round, so... Well, I should yeah. know, though. Yeah, Jason Aaron, Ross, Russell Dowderman. I mean, God, Art Adams covers. Jeez. Yeah, you even loved how everyone's dialogue, it wasn't just like, oh, here's the panel of Daredevil saying his Daredevil thing. It was, like, actually good. Oh. So, Django's at 2.5, Jeff's at 3, Roman's at 4, lowest score wins. Spider-Man Life Story, number one. Oh, yeah. Okay, wait, I'm not going to be the first one to answer this time. Let's have it be Django. 
Yeah, do it, Andrew. Tell him what to do. I fucking love what you're doing. He's got his blood wall. He's pumping. (laughs) It's gross. I know. (laughs) We we brought the blood wall from home to the Eagles Hall. I'll bet that I gave that issue an eight and a half. Also, I'll bet that I'm off by one and a half in one way (laughs) or the other. (laughs) I think I gave it an eight and a half also. Yeah. Yeah. What was the comic again? <laughs> Roman actually drank tonight and it's fucking awesome. Roman, are you sure your glass isn't full? You need a refill? I know, I know. Well, I was telling Django, I you know, I haven't been drinking at all during COVID, so now now that I am, it's kicking my butt. I love your um, butt. <laughs> Spider-Man life story. Chip Zdarsky, Mark Bagley. Oh man. Um Frank DeMarta. Dar- I, Dar- I remember Dar- I remember liking that a lot. Uh oh man. 9.5. Okay. Django, you gave it a seven and a half, so you're one too high. Not too shabby, Django. Good job, dude. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Jeff. I think you're a loser. <laughs> you ranged this one. Oh, 8.75. You're 0.25 off. Oh, <laughs> I love you. What's that going to do? What's that going to do? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You could win by 0.25 now. And I'm going to make Django feel Your dumb. ranges are going to be the savior of you in this game. You oh, fucker. <laughs> I'm a weakling. <laughs> Roman, you gave it a 10, so you're 0.5 off. Dang it. Dang you did it. really, really love it. Yeah, as soon as I said 9.5, I was like, no, I'd probably give it a 10. <laughs> this is another one with the bonus. What did Justin give it? Spider-Man Life Story? Nope. Number one. I bet he gave it a nine. I bet he gave it a s- 6.5. I bet he gave it a seven. I'm just going to say nine from now on. Nine and a half. Oh. Oh. Justin loved. Loved I don't even bread. think he finished that book. Like, <laughs> a he, I think book. he just really, really loved the, the bread part. Like the six being oh, in the Oh, yeah. He said, I got to get some bread. Yeah. 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 Scratch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Django terms. It was all that <laughs> 60s jargon, I think, that really got him. Yeah. So what do we have, Andrew? We got one, one more. Oh. And we're flipping it around. It's not a comic. Uh-oh. Oh, is it a movie? It's a movie. Andrew, you are a dream show host in God. I love it. I would tune in every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. But I gave that an eight. I'll bet I gave it a nine. That sounds, the ratio sounds right at the very least. Yeah, the it's ratio. all about ratio. Homecoming's the one in Washington, D.C., right? Yeah. Because yeah. I get it confused with the next one that also has the word home in the title. Wait, <laughs> sorry. I was thinking of the second one. But home Homecoming is the first, and oh, okay, just a second. Sorry, the now one with Vulture. Oh, you're like, yeah. oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, well, yeah, I, 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 I was thinking movie. about. The, well, the second one, I went and saw two times in the theater. Like, I fucking loved yeah. it, and the first one I liked a lot, but I don't think I liked it quite as much. So I'm going to amend mine to an eight point five, Andrew. Next. 
Rome, what was your score? We're waiting for you. Uh, that was homecoming. Oh man, um, I had the same yeah, thing. I, yeah, I had the, I had the same thing. The, the next one I gave a ten for sure. Um, homecoming, I probably gave that a hmm, eight point five or a nine. I'll go nine. Okay, okay. This one's also got the bust busting. The Justin bonus question. Oh, okay, 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 okay. What did Justin do? It. We're gonna split, we're gonna do the Justin one before I reveal your scores. I bet Justin gave it. I think Justin gave it a ten. I bet he gave it a nine. Probably gave it a ten. Yeah. Jeff, you get a bonus point. Bother. I get one. <laughs> so let's create the mechanic for the bonus point. Do I lose one full number? Okay, I, I love it. Okay, so I'm at 3.25 before that brings me you down to, to... You have to get it right on. You can't... It's not right, a matter right. of how close you are. Fuck you yes. To... So with that addition, I'm at 2.25. Roman's at 4.5. And Django's at 3.5. So I win unless I really whiff this one. I like where I'm at. That <laughs> Justin point's real good. Wait, did somebody else get a Justin point earlier? Nope, no one's gotten a Justin okay, point okay. yet. That's You got the first oh, Justin point. I do live inside of him. Jeff, you gave it a nine, so you should have stuck with your original number. Your okay, I said eight point five. Okay, so now I'm up to two point seven five. Django, you gave it an eight and a half, so you were point five too low. I think. <laughs> Roman Gate gave it an eight and a half, so he was also point five too high. Well, I'm looking at the scores here. It looks like in last place was Roman. That feels good. <laughs> Second place is Django. That feels good. And it looks like first place is Jeff, and that feels good. The Happy real birthday. winner here, though, is Andrew. Oh, God, yeah. Andrew, thank you so much for playing Carlson's Continuity Corner. Now we got to flip the script on you. Can I, before, can I ask him? Oh, oh wait, before, sorry. Yeah, wait, please, wait, yeah. We slap that. Um, I'm going to slap a different gooey. Yeah. Uh, Will and I have Marvel Method Workshops uh, subsegment for Carlson's Continuity Corner. I love uh, whatever this is. Uh, called Duck Duck Gooey Duck, <laughs> where I'll present a list of probably three, maybe four comics, and you guys will have to pick which one Roman Gooey. I love this. Nice. Nice. So I'm excited for that. Wait, oh, so we're not doing it right now? Oh, no, I don't have that prepared. Okay, okay. Well, I, that is so... Duck, duck, gooey duck is... I'm excited. ...my favorite thing I've ever heard. Okay, Andrew. Well, Django, why don't you kick this off? We thought it would be fun. Everyone, we thought we'd put you in the hot seat. And since you're Andrew Fots, friend of the show, you're mentioned all the time, you've been on before, everyone Fots knows you. We thought we'd give, yeah, pots of Fots. Um, I want to give parts of Fots to everybody. Pots of Fots. Fots Pots. Um, we've developed some questions to get to know you for the listeners. And uh, Django, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, I've, I've got my first question is maybe not to let people get to know you, but it's to test your knowledge of our podcast. The one oh. that you're sitting on right now at the Eagles Hall in down, downtown Bellingham, Washington. Um, can you tell me which episode we recorded the last time there was a presidential election happening? Oh, please. 
The answer surprised me. I I know for sure it's within the first ten. Is it, it within the first? You're correct. Really, about that. really quick. You're correct about that, and and <sighs> I'll I'll give you a hint. This is an unfair question. Because it's the missing episode. It's it's probably one of the missing episodes then. It is. It was episode three, which never got posted. Oh my god! <laughs> so I, I we even talked about the beginning of this episode. They're like, this episode's up there, but we can't find it. Django knew the answer the whole time, dude. That means I actually. I was gonna guess four. I actually have to do something. I actually have to look at that audio again. Yeah, three, five, six, seven, nine never got posted. The rest, like everything after that, did. But we were still kind of getting our footing and had, I don't know, probably more listeners than we have now at that point. <laughs> Do you know if that audio is somewhere? Oh, I'm sure we've got it somewhere. I hope we've got okay. it somewhere. Depends on uh, how many times you've thrown things away on your computer, I guess. More I'm just than kidding. I'm, like. sure, I'm sure we've got it. Um, so yeah, you got you, I think you mentioned the election in the fourth episode. We, yeah, like, I remembered it being There's so an episode early. where halfway through we look at the election results on the night of the election and it is heartbreaking. Uh, Jeff, you had some questions for Andrew. I do. Roman, did you have any? Um, I only had one that's been weighing on my mind just because of, you know, this week being, being what it is. Um, I'm kind of curious, Andrew, at your job, which Guardians of the Galaxy member are you and why? Oh, man. have the Jeopardy theme going. Oh yeah, don't worry. I'll cut out the silence. Cool. <laughs> it's one of those questions where it's like, what the hell? Why are you asking me that? Like all the questions. I think <laughs> I, I think I'd go with Groot, probably. Because oh. I'm just kind of like if there's something that needs done, I'm doing it. It's If it's a side thing that it's uh, you know the episode of The Office, it's kind of funny. Um, where they refer to uh, Gabe as like the trash can of the office. <laughs> all the unwanted tasks go to him. I'm that. And I love Aww. it. Because it's just, no, but it's it's fun. I love just like, because I do a lot of organizing and like just research by myself and stuff like that. So it is a lot of fun. And I get to I mean, I was listening to you guys at work. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just kind of like the support system. Um, I think I'd be great. Okay, well, Andrew, I thought it'd be fun to go kind of rapid. First of all, don't think, just answer. Oh, God. Here are some questions we've got from one of our favorite listeners. Andrew Carlson, friend of the show. Hey, guys, questions of the following. What is each of your favorite heroes? Rocket. Okay. Same, but for villain. Loki. Okay. Have you ever read the original Rocket Raccoon series by Bill Mantlo? Yes. And what are your thoughts? It's it's fucking amazing. Everyone <laughs> needs to read it. Mike Manola's art is amazing. Rocket, his big old blue eyes will you'll fall in love with him. Oh, his face. Please, Marvel Unlimited, download, read the issues. They are amazing. <laughs> what is the most memorable, impactful comic you read as a child? Oh, god damn you! I know what these are. These are your I, questions. <laughs> I can tell. Oh, God. 
ah, the Spider-Man where he comes back after Secret War. I've read that issue like 40 times. It's a good one. Uh, what Roman the- has it. Yeah, <laughs> he has all of them. Uh, what is the best part about comics for you? Um, it's fighting, representation, philosophical themes, love stories, inking, etc. Colors. I mentioned in that answer and asking that question. Colors right now. Mm. Oh, coloring is gorgeous. Watercolors, especially. Mm. Um, favorite superhero, supervillain, power couple. Marvel boy Hercules right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. What is the best slash your favorite comic book event that has happened so far? Uh, Infinity, maybe. Maybe Secret Wars 2. Okay. Okay. Like the Hickman Secret Wars? Yeah. yeah, I, think yeah. It, I think it would be one of those Hickman events. Okay. In that Avengers run. Good answer. the halfway I, point or the end point. I reached out to our common friend, Will Elmer, and I said, Andrew's going to be on the podcast tonight uh, to do a score comparison segment, which we now have deemed Carlson's Continuity Corner. Um, I want to surprise him with a Get to Know Thoughts segment. So send some hard-hitting nerd questions for Andrew my way if you think of any in the next couple of hours. So here's some, some Will questions. What piqued your interest in getting into comics? Slash, why did you first walk into the comics place? A friend of mine, Cody, just... Uh was like, I don't know, he just kind of gave me the confidence, just like, hey, check these out, like, this stuff's cool, like, I don't know, I just kind of walked in one day, I don't, I can't put a finger on the one thing, that's, I just, that's my favorite of, answer, yeah. um, and do you now realize that you don't need confidence at all to walk into the comics place? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, okay, good, <laughs> <laughs> no one needs confidence, we'll take care of you, if you do the hard part of walking through the door, we'll take care of you, <laughs> Um, what made you fall in love with cosmic-based comics, specifically Marvel Cosmic, like the Guardians of the Galaxy? I've always loved space. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. And uh, when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, that was one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, and so I, I don't know, just everything about aliens, even Star Wars, I've always been obsessed with since I was a kid. Um, that kind of thing, just learning about like, different fictional cultures and how they interact and have battles in space and all these cool things and weird space politics. I love it. You're amazing. I just took a bad sip of whiskey if you're at all questioning what my face was just doing. I was looking at Django's face. Good. I was talking about cosmic things. That's (laughs) Um, Okay. I this hope is where I was making a bummer face for you. I'm sorry. This is where oh, it no, starts to no. get real, real will. And I, ha- I want you to know that when we're in the store and it's just Django and I, uh, one of the two of us will often go, well, well, Wellmer, um, when Will Elmer is involved. So that's the thing that happens behind the scenes. Mary, fuck, kill. Hickman, Morrison, Ewing. Mary, fuck, kill. Mary Morrison. He's an angel. And he just came out as non-binary today. Fuck yeah, Grant Morrison. Get your Ooh. shit. Um, I'd probably have to kill Hickman. I don't think I'd want to fuck Hickman. He's a little too analytical. And Ewing seemed like he'd be a lot of fun and kind of loco and crazy. I don't know. I like I like Ewing. He, he is so fun. you'd fuck you'd fuck Ewing, kill more or kill Mary Hickman Morrison or... and kill Hickman. Okay, I think that's a really really good question. So I want to throw my in. I want to hear all of your guys' answers. Or we'll swap Ewing for Ennis. I would marry Hickman. Hickman. I would actually have, well, I would marry Tom Hickman. Taylor. I'm sorry, I would marry Morrison. I Because, you know, he's just going to support you, whoever you I are. I know, right? Yeah, I know. Just hugs. I would Love. fuck Hickman just to, like, feel those ideas, you know? 
and then i would i would kill ewing just because well i i love him and his brain he's he's just he's not either hickman or morrison to me personally but well listen i would would kill uh, all of them except i would i swap tom taylor in and ennis in oh no i can i can do this with with those guys oh okay go for it yeah um so i would kill hickman because he can come back Oh right. Oh, uh, I would fair. I would marry Ewing because fuck Grant Morrison. <laughs> so you'd fuck Morrison. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Roman? <laughs> uh to follow that. Um I would I would go the same way as as Fots there. <sighs> He's so good. Yeah, yeah. Mary Morrison, fuck Ewing, and kill Hickman. Mary, Mary Tyler Morrison. I love it. You can't Um, let those evil ideas of Hickman infect the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're just getting... He's just holding them there for that juicy lovemaking is what... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's going to be okay because I'm assuming that the Hickman I kill is actually going to be some infinite Hickman from another reality. Oh, Oh, yeah. The real Hickman Hickman is And he can revive. He can resurrect. It'll be okay. What do you think is the most underappreciated comic that you're reading right now, Andrew? It it's not coming out anymore, so I can't say it. What was it? Wow. Ether. Ether oh. with Matt Kent and David Rubin. Fucking no one was reading that. I don't think anyone has read it really. It's amazing. Yeah. It's even it's nearly not Grant Morrison level, but it's got a lot of those same ideas of like creative subspace human mindscape, and that's what they're escaping into. And they've got so that society. Let's take this moment to plug our book club and say that at some point in the next couple of months we'll make Ether our book club book. And it'll be Andrew's book club book because yeah, you're right. No one has read it. I know. I order those copies. Uh, no one at the comics place has bought it at least. Um, what is your most anticipated comic book upcoming? Al Ewing's sword is up there, but honestly, I'm just more excited for Al Ewing's Guardians run in general because every issue it just feels like he's building more and more of a new <laughs> universe out there. And Did you read? Fun. <clears throat> for the moment of recording next week's guardians of the galaxy yet yeah oh yeah the one that you would have gotten yesterday that's the one Mm -hmm. i wanted that's what i wanted we can't talk about it yet that's next week's podcast listen we were going to record 200 on saturday night like we normally do and then on friday Django was like dude tomorrow night is my anniversary and i was like oh it's also also halloween Halloween. (laughs) so i don't know what the fuck we were thinking so um this is the this episode is late this week because We've also, literally couldn't do it. This is nice because I was also thinking, I was like, man, I wanted to be on episode 200 to do a second. Oh, wait, that's election week. Oh, I can't. That's not going to work. Yeah, it right. sucked. Brought to you by the letter disorganization. Yeah. Uh, so this one's straight from Will. Why did you choose to read the final issue of Sex Criminals without having read any other issues prior to it? That damn photo cover was so good. The and if I'm going to get a cover, hugging. yeah, the naked chip hugging Matt, it was great. Um, and yeah, no, I just, I was like, if we've got the issue, it's the last one. We'll mention that it's a future jump. Good. Why not? And are I you, enjoyed it. Are you considering it. reading the series? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. And my favorite part was just like volume three. And it was just like, all, it seemed like it was all one shots of just like 
analysis, not even analysis, but just looking at a character with an alternative type of sexuality. Like there was just this one issue in like episode, like or volume like four, that was just like following an asexual girl around the whole time. And I, that was like one of my favorite issues of the whole series. It was just like, let's hang out in the psyche of this person. And, and like, uh, anyway, yeah. Fucking sex criminals started funny. I think I want to read it. I think that one is one that I would want to read in issues. I can help you. Because that's a good one to do. Yeah. It seems like that one has, and I doubt that the letters are all collected. Probably some, but I doubt that they're all. And that would definitely be. No, that would be good. Okay. What is your current creative dream team? Wait, sorry. What is your current creative dream team? Nope. I read it right. What is your current creative dream (laughs) team would love to see take on Batman? Ooh, on Batman. I know mine now. Jimmy T.I.V. I feel like we never have ever gotten enough just pure Bill Sienkiewicz Batman. So I'd want want him to be drawing for sure. Wow. That cape would... That cape would scribble? (laughs) I would... Squiggles everywhere. Yeah. Um, Bill Sienkiewicz writing drawing Batman would be very good. What I who who would I want to write it? I think Morrison would be good. Maybe I think Denny O'Neill, if he was still alive, I wish he would do another thing with Bilson Kevich. Hell yeah. Because his Batman stuff's really good. Okay. This is a good one. This is his final question. Is James Tinian the fourth a good writer? I don't know, but <laughs> I've been enjoying, I've hopped on on Batman at 100 and I've been enjoying it. That's the place to hop on, I think. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it was strange. I was like, I'll just hop on for fun, see what's up. And then I was finished and I was like, wait, Will said he's been hating every issue and has almost dropped it, but this is, I liked it. Yeah. What's, what's, and then I heard you guys, I was like, what? What? What's so going on? So I, I had a feeling that he was somewhat limited by editorial somehow. And especially with like wind, I've really been enjoying wind. I okay. think he's got really fun ideas. Um, and yeah, he can fall into like, I think it's kind of a fun thing, like tub thumper, spoon liquor, pinchmeister, yeah. uh, <laughs> punchlines, punch just I, some names kind of ghost maker. It's, but puncher. At, at some point, you're just like, uh, come on. It's just butt two plunger. words that you're putting together. Um, yeah. I'm the bath whapper. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do, I, I agree. But I think, I think he's got really good world building techniques and he's got some fun ideas and he's just not been able to explore them because I think he's been kind of overshadowed. But didn't he come under like Scott Snyder's wing? I think of? he's just way better doing creator own stuff like i just seem to always like his not dc stuff more than his creator own stuff personally. i think that he was trying to somewhat maybe fill like scott snyder's shoes yeah and not just do his own thing and i think he's better just doing his own thing and i think we're going to start seeing that which will be fun hopefully hopefully well andrew you're amazing we love you Thank you for all of your help every week. Thank you for your constant support every week. We miss seeing you. <laughs> what is that sticker you just showed me? Oyo. Oh, God. <laughs> nice. Um, we love you. We're super grateful for you. Thank you for coming on and playing this game for us and just wanting to be a part of this group. We're huge fans of me. you. 
So, I mean, same to you, obviously. And I've also, not listen to 200 episodes because they're because not all up you. there, but 195 <laughs> of them ish. And I've listened to them at least three times through, probably. Fuck, dude, I looked while we were talking. I can't find the audio for issue number, th- episode number three. So it might be saved on that old computer, but it's not on a drive right. anywhere. Awesome. Um, oof. Well, well Andrew, make there. sure you get some uh, get some of that cocaine on your way out. Just put it yeah, down. Yeah, I really love these chairs, by the way. Like the eagles carved into the, uh, the armrests here. and It's a good chair. The talons at the base. If you take really claw onto the, the ground, tell because there it's a non-refundable damage deposit at this That's point. Good. So yeah, yeah, the guy who was supposed it. to be chaperoning us is asleep over by the cocaine. That painting over there. That get the painting. Get the, painting. Yeah, the old guy that's quickly. asleep is a time displaced Roman, so it's all fine. But Andrew, thank you so much. We'll thank see you, you all soon. Me. Thank you, buddy. Bye bye. Thanks ah. a lot. That guy's all right. Well, amazing. continuing our fifteen-hour podcast. Yeah, continuing that, uh, Django, you have some Facebook questions for us. Yeah, we've uh, we've got some questions. And before, while you find the questions, I'm going to read an email that we got from our amazing Dino Solo Luck. Dino who? Chapino. Oh, Dino Chapino. In a world of technology and people more interested in photos of themselves, three buddies will buckshot the system by actually hanging out together and talking about the comings and goings of their lives. The story of the Papcast. In the beginning, the dear listener finds three main characters, Jeff, Django, and Justin. The three buddies share their thoughts and philosophies on how comics affect their everyday lives. Then, much like Hollywood, they recast one of the three and a new character comes onto the scene. Roman brings his encyclopedic knowledge to the group and soon the listener favorite gooey duck is born over the 200 episodes they learn more about each other and even more about themselves this story still has many open threads to keep the dear listener in suspense like will jeff ever appreciate the chance by Django? will Django ever not laugh at a fart joke will roman ever profess his love to the incredible jade giant Huh. <laughs> <laughs> these are but a few of the questions that the dear listener listener yearns for answers over possibly the next 200 episodes congratulations on 200 episodes you guys rock dino chapino what's the jade giant the hulk. hulk oh right yeah god damn it i love god, it. he nailed us he did that he was good nailed us like roman wants to nail the jade giant we all want to nail yeah. the jade giant Okay, you got some questions from the Facebook fiends? I got some questions from the Facebook fiends. Nathan Get it. Butcher oh says, Oh my we... God, I fucking love that guy. <laughs> Will we continue? I wonder where he is. Like he's, I thought he was going to be here tonight. Yeah, I mean, we anyway. told him we had the Eagles Hall. We had mics. There's all these mics set up. Yeah, I said, you know, Friday, November 6th, meet us at the Eagles Hall. It is um, super Thursday the 5th, though. <laughs> Oh, maybe that was it. Anyway, Nathan oh, says, God. will we continue to see changes in the comics industry that benefit the giants who own the IPs? Or is there a long-term hope for change that benefits the comic shops, creators, and readers themselves? Great question. I got an off-the-cuffer. Who wants yeah. to do a more thoughtful? Well, you, you do your off-the-cuffer. I'll think. I, I think that much like the movie industry, we are moving towards an era where the ip holding giants make all the money and they do the big stuff but you know like the movie theaters are closing down and i was talking to jane about this recently i feel like you know they're going to open up like there's gonna be disney specific theaters but there's always going to be this avenue for like independent local cinema like independent film i think within comics i think that we went through the big 90s you know alt comic scene 
and that was a big thing. And then we went back to Marvel and DC and they had a good 10 years. And then we went back to image, had a big boom period of five years. Um, and then I feel like we've been back at Marvel and DC for a while. I think it's cyclical. We listened to an interview on like the cartoonist Kayfabe with Mark Miller, where he was talking about the cycles of comic book creation and how like it seems to move in like 10 year cycles. And for like five years, things seem to work really, really well for Marvel and DC. And then for like two and a half years, the industry seems like it's going to fall apart. And then there's like two and a half years of like amazing indie comics. And then it starts back at Marvel and DC. I don't remember if those are the exact time frames, but I think something like that is true. I think that both the IP holders, Marvel and DC, and independent comic creators, there's like a symbiosis to it. I think the big IP holders inspire young readers to want to make their own comics. And then those amazing creators make comics and make a name for themselves and then go and sort of complete the cycle of their life and go to Marvel and DC and write comics with this name that they've built on themselves from the inspiration of those comics. So I kind of think it works in symbiosis. Like we saw that changing of the guard with image, all of these writers who had kind of been inspired by superhero stuff, write all this amazing image stuff and then go work at Marvel. And there was like no image writers because they were all doing Marvel stuff. And I think that we're going to then go back to a period of like image and boom. And even small, I think we'll see lar like more and more small companies have a larger market share instead of it all just being image and then boom much lower than that. Yeah, I don't think that the threat to uh, creator-friendly independent comics is Marvel and DC. I think that that threat is probably um, TV and movies. Like, I think that we see writers bailing on comics for other media before they sell out to Marvel and DC. Because even when they do sign exclusive contracts with Marvel and DC. Like Jimmy TIV has an exclusive contract with DC right now, but he's writing Wind, he's writing Department of Truth, he's publishing an anthology called Razor Blades. Um, so I, I, think that, I think that there's always going to be a strong independent base for comics, whether they're easy to find or not. Um, because the barrier to entry is so much lower than any other media. And I think like that, the alter, like the alt comic scene will always exist in the way that mm -hmm. like alt cinema will always exist. Like there is always going to want to be people. There's always gonna be people who want to make comics and they will always make comics. And even if DC is like no longer making monthly Batman comics, image is going to create an analog for Batman that is clearly obviously supposed to be Batman and people will write Batman as not Batman for a different company. Like, cause yeah, the, the desire to do that is too ingrained within that medium. So I really, I don't ever worry about it not existing. I, I worry that it might not be a thing that is financially viable for people to own stores and do like, but, but I, but even that I think would be cyclical because I think that starts and stops, you know, I think the love for comics is so pure and true that I think it, it supersedes a desire for money. I think that like, even a, like Graham Morrison could work on a movie for a year and he would make more in that year than he would ever make for a lifetime of doing comics. But after that year, he would go make more comics. Rick Remender, yeah. same thing with comics, Hickman with comics, like Brian K. Vaughn went back to comics. It's a thing that like, People don't do it necessarily for the money. So I don't, I don't worry super about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you both 
said. I mean, you, even cyclically, there's, uh, you know, I mean, bottom line, these are products and if they've got like Batman film franchises still going on and the Batman comic um, being published by the big corporate corporation is some kind of homogenous crap. At some point, they're going to realize, oh, we've got to make better Batman comics. Hmm. So they match the movies. Otherwise, this is all going to fizzle out eventually. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll get those people that <laughs> actually love Batman to write Batman. So Will says, can Django rank the Fast and Furious movies from best to worst? <laughs> of course he can. I'm going to say... And this is this is this moment's Fast and Furious ranking. Um, five, I think, is my favorite. Then I'm going to say Hobbs and Shaw. And then seven, eight, six, one, three, two, four. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. I was just making up numbers. <laughs> Were you really? They're one long, awesome movie to me, except for the one <laughs> where Letty dies. I think that that was the weakest of all of them. Dude, oh, I was really? like, okay. <laughs> I haven't fully exhaled from your list. Like, I was like, five. Oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Shaw next. And then I, I wrote 786 before I realized that he had listed five and one wasn't one of them yet. And I was like, this is fucking dumb. Five is, I think five is my favorite. I think I, I'll stick with that. That's the one where they like attach the the um, safe to the back of the cars and whip it around the town or is that six? Whichever one four, that is, that's the, the best. The, I hate to say it because this is insane, but four, five, and six all kind of blend together in my mind. Mm -hmm. I think one six has the- kind of blend together for me. I think- Maybe six has the long airplane runway scene, or maybe, and then four mm -hmm. is maybe the one where they have to go in the, the tunnels the under tunnel? the. Yeah, that's the one I don't like. Yeah, I, that one I think is boring because it feels like they go through it a couple of times. So then yeah. I think five is actually really good because I think four is not as great, but five is really good. Five I is think, where they were like, oh wait, we're gonna turn this into something badass. And I think four is when Letty had maybe died because that's the thing that would cause them to all come back together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say one is the best and every single other one is very good except for two, which is the worst. Well, okay, Jeff. But I haven't you, seen two since I went and saw it in the theaters for my birthday. Will didn't ask you to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. He asked you to do that with Indiana Jones. Oh, did he really? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I was, I was literally reading a message from Will as, as the question was being read. Uh, Indiana same, Jones. Same question for Jeff, but with Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, I'm a 3-1-2 type of guy. So Last Crusade, because I love it. Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark, because I like it a lot. And two, because I've never seen it, is the last one. And four? Does it count? Do we count it? Yeah, it counts. That's oh, well, then it's, it's, uh, it's better than two which I've never seen. Uh, it would be three, one, four, two for me for Indiana Jones. Uh, Gary Washington. Love him. Marvel Zenos and their place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe lol. Marvel Zenos. So Marvel just took over the Alien franchise when they bought yeah. Fox. And they're putting the Xenomorphs on the covers of Marvel Comics coming up pretty soon. And uh, what do we think of that? I don't think but, that they're integrating but, them in the Marvel universe yet, but they but, can. But, but in the cinematic universe, right? Oh, yeah. He, he does say in the cinematic universe. Yeah. 
that is a way better idea to me than the comic universe. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think the Xenomorphs would mean anything in the comic universe. Cause how different is it from the brood? Right. Right. But I think the movies, I don't think they should ever put them in the movies, but I do think it would be fun to maybe have a scene where there's a bunch of aliens and maybe some of them in the background. If you look are Xenomorphs, that's what I would, mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of thing I would want to see. What about like, uh, like a guardians of the galaxy spinoff with the, uh, the alternate guardians that Roman got so excited about when they showed up on screen for a minute with oh, Sylvester happen? Stallone, the original guardians, the original or, guardians. Yeah. Um, oh, was like that in guardians too? Yeah, I haven't seen Guardians two guys, since the theater. I what if you admit, put those guys in far space with the aliens? I would love to see Star, you know, movie Star Lord and movie Stallone, whoever he is, Charlie twenty seven, whoever he is, um, fighting just a whole raft full of aliens because that would be hilarious and awesome. It would be hilarious and awesome, but it only it I could only make it fit if I had firmly placed the franchise as having like jumped the shark you know like i would never be able to take it seriously like i would never think that i could look forward to a battle with celestials after they've fought the aliens because i'd just be like all right well now we're just fucking consuming properties (laughs) yeah not not in the other like thor versus xenomorphs come on he just fried them all fry them all in like five minutes and that'd be it (laughs) i like that james james burke and I don't know if you, I had to research this. Uh, comments on DC officially tossing continuity out the window. Did you guys hear about this today? Yeah, what is that? I didn't. So apparently DC is turning their universe into the Omniverse. Oh, I heard about that. I and heard the Omniverse. So instead of Dan Didio's everything happened, everything matters mantra, they're saying everything happened, nothing matters. Um. I don't know. I don't know what what really that means. I mean, it was a bleeding cool article that I found, and I, I saw that trust, too. I, I don't trust everything that comes out of there, or fingers. even anything. Um, it sounds like to me trying to say like everything is that to me just says like all continuity exists. That basically sounds like don't worry about continuity. Yeah. Oh, which I support. Yeah, I I agree because I think DC has. You know, they want to have Elseworlds. They don't want to have Elseworlds. They want to have Black Label. They don't like, but that seems to me if they're doing the Omniverse, that sounds like they're saying, all right, but we're not doing Black Label anymore. And I do not think that they have the hubris to not do that. But I think they're, yeah, I don't think they're, I think they're too proud to w- willingly say no, Black Label is a failure. Yeah. Although they did fire everybody involved with Black Label. Right. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. We need more news on that, but I, I support it. Like, con- I mean, like they would never say continuity doesn't matter, but right. they would say if you're reading it, yeah, it happened. But also, we don't need to make sure everything makes sense. Um, right, Roman, can you talk to me about your feeling about just continuity and its importance within the comic industry? I like continuity. I, I, my gut reaction was like can't ignore continuity you bastards um yeah just get creative people like morrison to say it all matters and it all fits in somehow here let me show you how um because that's a, i think that's more fun than just the idea if, if the idea is just the cha- this chaotic like oh tell me story you want and sure they all happen and they all matter you all read them but none of them connect up or 
fit in any kind of way. I take it back. I agree exactly with what Roman said. I think that the right writers make old things fit, but they don't make you beholden to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a good writer makes the old things fit, but they are not subservient to those stories. They have the ability to like change them and use them how they want. So, right. You need the talented writers to do that. But, but I think that the continuity is what gives it all so much meaning, but I don't know whatever article, maybe James Red or the D, like the bleeding cool one. I don't, I don't think DC would ever do that, but I do think that they are probably looking for, some freedom to tell more stories like Batman three jokers and you know, like, like let, just let us tell a story that we can turn into a movie, please. Well, that's kind of seems like sort of where metal's going, right? Like metal would fit into continuity if you didn't have continuity. Right. And we all know that that's (laughs) death metal is gearing towards that. Like all of it is moving towards this future state thing, which is basically an attempt at saying like all things have existed, all omniverses exist and you know, whatever. So, Um, but James, thank you for the question. Um, The first episode of the podcast that went up, the very first feedback we ever got from anyone ever about this podcast was James Burke the day after it went up. And he said, could you guys just not swear so much? And I was and like, said, fuck. I, and I, I said, no, it'll take a hundred episodes for me to get over this criticism. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so that answers one of his other questions. Memorable moments from the past 199. Perfect. Um, I'm going to skip the election, a bit here. man. The election was a, yeah. that I wish that that episode got up there. I, I hope we have that audio somewhere. I'll, I'll bet we got it somewhere. Okay. Um, let's see. James also says, why hasn't Marvel made a similar announcement? And I think it's just because they, are stuck in tradition and like marvel has never really rebooted the universe in the way that dc does but i would say they're less stuck in tradition i think that marvel is more fluid with their continuity and i think that dc keeps trying to be like dc reminds me of like constipation they're just sort of like they keep putting a box on themselves and then they realize it doesn't fit so they have to shatter the box and then put a new one on it's just like don't worry so much like marvel like it does and it doesn't work and they don't like punisher platoon how does that fit in i don't fucking know it's great how old is he it's like yeah like where (laughs) you know um silver surfer black like does that fit does it not fit does it need to fit you know i don't think that marvel is behind dc i think that they're so far ahead of dc that they don't need to do that but i think the only reason they're ahead of dc is because marvel is the child of dc like Marvel would never be DC if DC hadn't existed for years beforehand for them to learn well, the problems with that publishing system and that they want a shared world and a shared universe. Like Marvel- It's like Sony making a digital Walkman and then Apple making a good iPod. Like yeah. So, it's something that's way better than what Sony could imagine. And not to shit on the Walkman, but it's just, they're different products. So when people say Marvel versus DC, I'm just like, well, all of the problems and pros of DC are baked into Marvel. So like, I, it's hard. It's, it's like, compare your grandfather and your father. Like, I don't know. They were very different. <laughs> uh, um, Will Elmer says shameless book club plug. Oh, fuck. Yes. The <laughs> plug your, club. What was your favorite slash biggest surprise from the comics place book club this year? That people wanted to do it and that it would not be a thing that we needed to guide. Mm-hmm. Like I, the book club is the most amazing thing. Um, anyone interested should reach out. Uh, 
we were doing it and posting them all live on Facebook, then that was just a little bit more work. And we pretty much always had the same group and not a lot of new people coming in. But um, if you're, you're listening to this, everyone is invited. Shoot us an email, mm-hmm. info at the comics place. Just make the subject book club. Um, it's a ton of fun. There's usually 10 or 11 people and they all have wonderful ideas. We have new people come in and other people leave. So it's definitely not like a closed door. You're not a stranger if you show up. My it's favorite just, part of it is the community that kind of sprung up out, out like you and I are not in whatever Facebook or discord or whatever group they've got that they're talking about. And like, I guess I love that's, that. that's what I mean is like, I'm just so glad that there's a thing that it can exist and it doesn't require us to lead a conversation or something. Like mm-hmm. I'm always like, I hope people have a good time, make sure I'm prepared. And it's like, wait, no, every one of these people just likes comics and just wants to be around people and hang out in a comic shop. Um, and uh, Roman, Roman's been in the book club lately. It's, it's just a ton of fun. Um, He's falling asleep I, live at the Eagle And I, <laughs> I think Will is probably shouting it out because we'd love to get other people there. But the, I mean, well, yeah. The Coke is wearing off. Well, there's more Coke. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, the biggest surprise is just that it is less work than Mm -hmm. I thought it would be. And it's just a thing that is fun. And, you know, my days are always full, but I love after we finish those and I, yeah, the the book club is amazing. Everyone started a book club. And if you want to be in ours, fucking join ours. Cause there's, it's just, there's no illusion about, uh, hierarchy. Just join it. It's amazing. We're doing firepower this Sunday. I can't fucking wait. I almost read Firepower today. Monday. I'm so excited. Sorry, yeah, Monday. Not Sunday. Arika Ladere. Oh, I know Arika. She is in my fantasy football league. Yeah, she wants to know who has better hair, Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent. Django Boren. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. It's it's loaded that that she would ask a question about who has better hair. I you think, think it's she's Clark trying Kent. to take shots about you. Oh, there is there is no shot that hasn't been taken about my hair. I think <laughs> Clark, Clark Kent, Kent. he's got that that spit curl. Yeah, it's I Clark Kent. Say, I think I think yeah, Clark Kent naturally. I mean, Bruce has got all the every product you can imagine, and Alfred's probably doing it up for him. And, and I don't team. believe Bruce's hair is my point, right? right. Like it's money. <laughs> yeah, you've got nice yeah. hair. Okay, and you've you're got rich. So much testosterone and a butler. You yeah, can, you you should be balding. Consider yeah. yeah, considering everything he's put his body through. Yeah, it should have fallen yeah. out years ago. Uh, okay, uh, Craig Mueller Love him. wants to know, if Superman fought underdog, who would win? I think we should pass this off to Roman before he yep. actually takes a nap. Yep. I want to say Superman because I love him so much, but I think somehow underdog would simply because, well, you know, underdog would win because Superman, you know, always fights for the underdog. So there you go. All right. That's a, what that's about... A underdog versus that bugs bunny superman mm. bugs bunny captain superman. carrot is that his name is that what you no mean? no i'm not talking about him no, i'm talking like, about bugs actually had superpowers yeah he had like a super like a blue shirt and like a yellow <laughs> yeah boy that's uh, um probably superman oh Original man superman. i just found the toy that i had oh wow <laughs> <laughs> Wow, deep nostalgia. Oh, it's only $9. Probably going to buy it. I've been on a tear of buying old McDonald's toys from my childhood. Do, do, you think, do you think Bugs is a little bit like Batman in a way, except Bugs would like avoid the actual fight because that's boring and takes a lot out of you. But then he would leave and your guard would go down and like a week later, he'd show up with a kryptonite ring and kill you. It would be a kryptonite hammer. Okay, All right. are we on to the All next right. one here, John? Yeah, do you, do you know Mike McCabe? 
Do you think Mike McCabe no listens way. to the podcast? I don't know, but he's in our book club, that's for sure. <laughs> I know. I just think he's way too cool to listen to our podcast. You know, some people need something relaxing to fall asleep to, and they listen to other things. <laughs> can I give you a, can I tell you something? Yeah. So I have a problem falling asleep, and I've found something to combat that. Yeah? What is it? Well, if your mind is racing too much because your mind races, I've been taking podcasts and playing them at half speed when I fall asleep. Ooh. I can't usually listen to podcasts when I fall asleep because I attune to the information the whole time. But if I play podcasts at half speed while I'm falling asleep, it actually slows down my brain to be actually listening to it. So I'm having fewer thoughts than I would otherwise. Do you listen to our podcast like that? Mm -mm. It sounds like we're drunk. Every podcast sounds like they're drunk. Yeah, but they all do. They, it, it, it's us. All of us clearly do. Clearly us. And oh. we sound just smashed. So don't listen to ours. Listen to a clearly sober podcast. But you, there's the half speed option. And it's like, it, it really has. In the last like two months, I've started doing that. That's pretty good. Why did, what well, did Mike, ask? Mike wants to know, what series or storyline do you think has the most to say about Britain culturally or politically? I would say the most, the most apt current one is probably Hellblazer. Where oh, the, there, there's literally royalty having sex with the sleeping giant in the basement of parliament. Um, they're fucking Albion. It's gross. I don't know a ton about British culture. I think Roman knows way, like 10 times as much as I do. Mike from Scotland, I would love to actually just talk about comic books and how they portray other cultures to somebody who's not american that would be fucking awesome but yeah because yeah, there's oh go ahead well i was just gonna say my answer would be probably kieran gillen's phonogram volumes mm -hmm. one and two because it's primarily focused about the youth culture in europe and the music culture within europe for a period of time so that's the one that most clearly like zooms in on like just to me, it's about another place. But then as soon as Django said Hellblazer, I want to say like the, the entire original Hellblazer run is probably a great representation of that. And then mm -hmm. Excalibur from what Roman has told me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a good question because I imagine some, some UK comic <laughs> would be the answer. Right. But, um, yeah, the original Hellblazer run probably. Um, I want to say at least historically from Hell. I don't know how much it oh, yeah ties into like current uk politics and society or v for vendetta it was about like thatcher oh, i mean yeah, that, that's, that's probably yeah. a, a gimme but um yeah. but yeah the one that stands out in my mind is phonogram and i love that question mike and if you're listening to this i am fucking touched <laughs> <laughs> uh nathan butcher oh, <sighs> i like nabu. to call him nabu i yeah. love nabu um new image ongoing book coming out you don't know the plot but you're guaranteed three years of monthly-ish issues. Would you rather blindly commit to reading every issue from Jason Aaron, Chip Zdarsky, or Brian K. Vaughn? Jason Aaron. I'm going to say Brian K. Vaughn. Well, in that case, I'll say Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, that's all that's wow. left. Okay, but Django, <laughs> did you read every issue of Saga? Yeah. I stopped. I didn't. And I, like, stopped. I stopped. I stopped. I stopped because it was so consistently good. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but like Southern Bastards or Scalped, as soon as I was on them, I never stopped. But yeah, like, I, stopped, I, stopped, I stopped reading Southern Bastards. I picked it up when it finally came out in a trade, but I, I never felt like 
it was going to be a fast, fun thing to read. And I mm. always feel like Brian K. Vaughn stuff is fun. Even if it's super depressing and heavy, it's, it's a fun kind of page turner. I think Aaron is a better writer, but if I'm going to have to read every issue for three years, it's going to be Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, that, that, that's a really interesting question. I dig, dig that. I would, yeah, for me, I, I even feel more firmly like Jason Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, Aaron would be, be my second choice, but Zdarsky keeps surprising us. So I'm, I'm, I would be curious to see, commit to a mystery book of his and see how he keeps surprising. Well, so my thing is that he said an image book and Zdarsky mm-hmm. has done good image books, but I think he's way better at Marvel stuff. Like his Daredevil yeah, run is amazing, but like, right. You know, kind of white the opposite sand. of Jimmy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think Hickman, frankly, you know, works better at Marvel than his creator-owned stuff. I think Remender does too. Yeah. Um, and that's a really interesting question. But yeah, Jason Aaron, uh, 100% firmly at this point. My brother just sent me a text. Yeah. It's about a news headline. Man banned from Yellowstone National Park after rangers catch him cooking chickens in the hot springs. So I just want to give you guys that before we move on. Was there an image or anything? Just a picture of a hot springs. Okay. So my thought is like, are you taking a whole plucked chicken with on a skewer and putting it into the water and pulling it out? Are you boiling right. chicken? Right. Or are you, like, is it, is it just thighs and legs? What's Capturing the, the steam? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, that we've got it. We've good, got to... Those are good questions. Cause yeah, I mean, you have to, you got to put a chicken in super hot water before you pluck it anyway to loosen all the feathers. So he must be starting with it unplucked. Roman grew up on a farm. That was crazy that Roman just dropped farm wisdom on us. <laughs> farm wisdom, farm wisdom. Um, when? Thank you. When it's been three it. hours, so we need to, you know. We got, we got two, we got two and a half more. Okay, well, good when as many, but people are going to be like, why are you wasting my time? No, they're not. <laughs> they're, they're just going to hit stop. Thank you. <laughs> or they're going to take it off half speed to get through it quicker. What superpower would you get from not following lab safety? So I want to add one word here. I don't want to, I don't want to mess with Wynn's question too much, but I want to add one word just to, just to give us hints. What ironic superpower would you get from not following lab safety? Hmm. Ironic, huh? Cause at first my answer was going to be, Oh, COVID-19. Um, uh-huh. but okay. Like you, you, could, you could cast it at people. <laughs> no, I would just get it. <laughs> Listen, They've caused me to rethink all of my time in labs and the safety. And all I can come up with is eye washing stations. So I don't really know how to use them because I never had to. I bet that I wouldn't thoroughly wash my eyes and I would create some sort of like optic. Be- I would get x-ray vision. I would get x-ray vision because a chemical would have gotten in my eye and I would not have been able to have cleaned it clearly. Hmm. Do, do you think Roman would get x-ray tit vision? I X-ray don't vision? get that, what you just said. I don't get it either. X-ray oh, Tidvish. Yeah. Oh, Tidvish. Okay. Okay. Nice. Bye. Bye. That, that was very else. good. I don't know how exactly it would happen, but I, I've always wanted, you know, Mr. Fantac's, Fantastic's powers. So. Well, we want it, but how would you get it? I don't know. I don't know how labs work. I've never been in a lab. That's perfect. why we're all not. Yeah. Perfect. perfect. You're totally going to get it. Yeah. Django, what's um, yours? I, I, I think that I would end up with a power that was inversely related to something else. So it'd be like a seesaw. So um, something like the stronger I got, the dumber I got, or um, the the faster I could run, um, the more tender my feet would be. Okay. 
That's 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 just my my best guess. <laughs> I liked it. My cat just came in my room. What's our next question? Kisden Rowe. Kisden Rowe, the hammer, the yes. gavel, the bench, the judge, the jury, all of it. Kisden Rowe, I love it. What are your thoughts on the way the new non-binary Flash characters being introduced versus the way the new Warriors characters were with Snowflake and such? Hmm. I don't know enough about any of those characters, I guess. I, the, the new non-binary Flash is coming soon, right? Yep. But, but didn't he say how specifically the way that character was introduced? What does that mean? I'm not sure. And I don't know how snowflake or the the new warriors characters were so this is pretty pretty rooted in tracking down a couple character announcements from like this year uh like the new warriors snowflake character that was introduced in march of 2020 and like an article was coming out about that is that a dig what's that naming the character snowflake is that like a a thumbing their nose at it's a it right that seems a kind of like a weird I mean, they also, they develop, they generate individual crystallized snowflake-shaped shurikens. So I don't know. It feels a little dig because snowflake is such a loaded term now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that is one of the counterpoints that he's hearing it as how they're introducing this new um, uh, Flash character. It's interesting. Maybe you know more about how they're being portrayed in the media, Kisden, than I do because I sort of follow comic news on a surface level thing. It's just a daily part of every day of our life so i read headlines coming at us i read a lot more headlines for comic news than i read articles so like i you know just recently was hearing about the non-binary binary character within the flash uh like future state stuff that's going to be happening i think it's awesome i in general Django expressed this at some point on a q a episode of one of our podcasts but i think that the more naturally that you can bring that stuff up with the character, the better. And the less like posting a huge article about how here's a new character and they're a non-binary key char- binary character. Yeah, let's do it without a press release sometime. Yeah, like that's my thinking about. I, I think that we need representation in all things. All people need to feel like the person that they are is represented in the art that they like. And it makes sense that you need to say like, wait, hey, here's a thing that has maybe not been here otherwise and we are now doing, so come check it out. I get why you need to do that, but at some point it seems like there's an amount of energy, there's like a threshold to the amount of energy put into trying to draw attention to it that starts to make it feel not genuine. But I don't, I mean, also maybe representing and adding representation into art, maybe that is important enough that it doesn't need to be subtle. Maybe we do need to make a point and say, hey, look at this. This is important enough that we want to do it and we're drawing attention to it. You know, so I could totally see the other side of it. But yeah, for me personally, I prefer things like that to come up within the story itself and not told to me that, hey, read this story because this is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. But again, I think the counterpoint of that is like, if I felt like my identity was not put in stuff and I had kind of been given up on it, maybe I would rely on a press release to tell me, hey, come back and check this out because it's finally here. So I can see why they do it, but I do think it's overdone a little bit. I hope that answers that question. I think that he understands the distinction between the two ways those characters have been addressed, but I don't think I'm quite familiar with enough of the news surrounding those characters to be very informed. Me too. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid I'll go with your answer, Jeff, because I'm afraid I don't. I, until this moment, I haven't heard about either one of these characters. Uh, and the last one, Will Elmer. Oh, I love Will. Will 
well, well, Wellmer. He formally requests a chant. So, without oh, further oh. ado, oh, dope. Um, I'm gonna give you a chant. Are you gonna do? Are you actually gonna do it? Oh yeah. It's got to be Django. You don't know any chance. Yeah, you got a chant? <laughs> no, I don't think you would actually do it, though. Because you know I fucking hate it. It would be disrespectful in our 200th episode. It's 10, 11 p.m. What the fuck? Well, here we go. Let's scare him to death. From A to Z, all in one big breath. This has been a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode 200. Super appreciative of all of our listeners, all of the people who have uh, showed up for this mini episode. has been a part of it with us, sending in questions, Um don't ever stop doing it. It's a perfectly acceptable podcast. Uh, you can get us at um, info at the comicsplace.com. Just put in the subject line something along the lines of like papcast question or something like that. But it'll definitely go to, we'll find it. Just, you know, info at the comicsplace.com, papcast, something like that. It's going to be very good. He's still going over there. It's disgusting. Um, Roman, is there any like just a deep well of gratitude, right? Just it's a big thank you thing. Yes, thank you, everyone. This is pretty amazing. I mean, I mean, even thank Django when he's chanting. I mean, on some no. level, like kind no, of enjoy it. Makes you laugh. No, not me. And look at that bozo over there. And you could join in on this. It'd be a part of our Comics Place book club. Uh, shoot a message to us on Facebook. Send an email to us. Call the Comics Place. Um, just write us an email, like if you're trying to get in on it. But yeah, the book club is a lot of fun. We would love more people in it. It really is uh, every other Monday at eight o'clock, and we love doing it. And um, I guess we should bring we should bring this fucking guy. Just just refuted his argument. That is, I tried to read it, but all he could offer by way of rebuttal is more of the same about how we were all. Did you say wavery butthole? You said a wavery butthole, didn't you? This is this is his lab induced. This is his lab induced power. You could also listen to all of us on Batman in Quarantine. We recorded an episode of the three of us this very morning. Um, I told him about sending us emails, Django. Any other pouting shots that are not chance? You weren't, you weren't just listening to me? No. No, I mean, I was. No, I fucking was. I hate that I was. I hate it. I'm of two minds. I was speaking and listening. Uh, yeah, I, I am uh, super pleased that we've hit 200 episodes. That's amazing. It is pretty crazy. It is. That's yeah. We don't we don't deserve the people who have stuck with us as long as they have. We super don't. We super don't. Um I thank you. Um and Roman, why don't you send us out in that patented Roman go to outro that we've come to love so much? I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't have a go to outro. That was um, not yes and <laughs> yes and um what what else haven't you said? We love you people. This this was fantastic. It's amazing that you're still out there listening to us. Thanks to the Eagles Hall. The Eagles Hall, yeah. Thanks for 5CC for, you know, wrangling that for us. Good night it, and go fuck. It is crazy that no one showed up to our fucking party here. They, they were all here in spirit. Yeah, man, but you can tell yourself that a number of times. <laughs> but at some point like you do realize that it's still just the three of us in the eagles hall and the time displaced old man roman sleeping in the corner next to the plate of cocaine I, you know what i want before we go Some i want cake. a piece of cake yeah good one see y'all for 200 more <laughs>